Cyclan.net, c'est les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Transmissions. A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinate tractor beam is pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. I am here with my Paul producer, Danny Pepin Lunatic. Hello. And my friend Brian Kitfisto. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. You're Fine. Right. Everybody read the. Uh, everybody did his homework and read the, the Unifying Force? Mm. For my <laughs> part, yes. Okay, well, I just missed like the last three chapters, but I got like a nice little. Uh, I got a nice little shot at it in diagonal, and I know what's happening, and Danny told me about it, but. What happened I to read you, Brian? the beginning and I read the end. What I didn't I read the middle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later in the show. Uh, so basically today uh, we want to wish you Happy Thanksgiving, our uh, American, American brothers, American yeah. friends, brothers. Oh, hey, power to the people. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening in the Bronx, <laughs> 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 
wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, basically, the main subject today is the last uh, New Jedi Order series uh, novel. Novel, thank you. The Unifying Force by James Lucino. It will be followed by the interview with Peter May, who we recorded two weeks ago at SFX. And uh, we're going to talk, of course, of hyperspace in a few minutes. There's going to be the Star Wars miscellaneous news, Star Wars Galaxies with our Paul Wookiemart directly from his home. He's probably right now playing Star Wars Galaxies as we're talking. <laughs> and we're, of course, going to be doing a little uh, community update as we're going to have some fun. Uh, right now, I'm going to let the mic to my friend Kit Fista, who's going to tell you how to contact us. By email, studio at swendirect.com by MSN Messenger swendirect at hotmail.com and by the chat on the link on the main site www.swendirect.com and you can uh, watch us by the webcam Hey everybody I'm on on the left Uh, no I'm on the right Bashan's on the left on the webcam and Kit Pisto is out of off off camera camera. is off camera that's right it's my beautiful face today. <laughs> my turn to be in front of the cam. Uh, we have some uh, tons of friends on the, on the chat. We've got Kieran Horn, Ketor, Lintic Raven, Jedi, the host, which is me, by the way. And uh, we've got uh, Ketor84 we want to salute and say to everyone, don't forget, if you want and us to call Jedi. us, we will call you. We will definitely do it. We are just that crazy. Yeah. Just add the, the user direct at hotmail.com to you, your M- MSN messenger. Uh, software and uh, give us your phone number by that uh, medium. That's right, and we'll be calling you shortly thereafter. Uh, right now, I'm going to give the mic to my dear producer, Ludic, yep. who has a little word you'd like to say. Yeah, but first of all, uh, we were on TV this week <laughs> for yeah. a, a little, let's say, a little, a little segment. report, a little segment on our show. It's only uh, on French TV, so uh, sorry for. The English listeners, uh, and also uh, our last show uh, this afternoon, the French show was our 50th. If we if we if count we had English and shows, no? English and French combined, it's our 50th show. So 51 shows. Yeah. Happy mm-hmm. birthday! Woo. Champagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in our budget. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, all depend, Mr. Producer. <laughs> no, we have some rum, but uh, yes, I'm like. 50-something-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> In any case. And that's about it. Uh, if there is uh, Lucasfilm employees listening or some people working around uh, ILM or everything, if uh, you are listening to us, we, w- we would like to have your comments on the show. So send us an email at studio at swendirect.com And if you work for a Lucas Licensing we would be glad to hear from you of course please not a subpoena (laughs) 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 Okay so right now we're going to go to first of all a short musical break and we're going to be coming back with the hyperspace segment and of course I'll tell you all what's that that about when we come back so we're going to be listening to I Wish You Were Here
Oh, crap. Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. All right, stand by. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct. I'm going to take the microphone a little bit closer to my mouth. See, the, the fun thing when you're sick and you got a nice... Big bad cold. Don't share it. You got such a cool radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Sexual. voice. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hello, oh. ladies. If you're listening to Star Wars on Direct, <laughs> we should actually tape that. <laughs> it's taping. Okay. <laughs> okay, so right now we're going to go into the Star Wars hyper- hyperspace segment. I want to tell you that right after the hyperspace segment, we're going to be listening, listening to the Tatooine TV number eight. Where Dr. Fuel meets the Skywalkers. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Uh, what the uh, Star Wars on Direct, w- what the Star Wars on Direct crew does is we have a 20 minute segment for the hyperspace news. Basically, that's a full spoil news. So if you don't want from to. From episode 3. From episode 3. So if you don't want to hear anything about episode 3, any spoilers or anything, just like we're gonna give you the information as to how to do, how to work it out right now. We don't want anybody talking about spoilers in the chat on SWENdirect.com. We don't want anybody talking about any uh, spoilers in any forums anywhere. If you want to chat, in, if you want to chat about any uh, spoilers, you can go into my room one on the Star Wars on Direct chat. There's no problem there. Uh, we're going to be starting the chrono at 20 minutes in about a few seconds. I'm going to be starting on my news and. If you don't want to listen to any uh, spoilers, all you have to do is take the volume down, go do whatever you want for 20 minutes, go watch The Simpsons for all I care. <laughs> and uh, then after 20 minutes, you just come back and t- turn, the bu- turn the volume back on, and you're going to be listening to the Tatooine TV episode of yeah. Dr. Phil Meets the Skywalkers, and which promised to be really yeah, good. And we will signal you that spoilers are on or off in the chat room. That's right. Thank you very much, our producer. So we are going to go ahead and start the chrono right now. There you go. Okay, we're gonna th- we're gonna start with November third, where the official website actually gave us a couple of names, which were Ellie, Gidan Danu, Banabrimu, Fangzar, Mote, and Senator Fima Bahab, which are played in order by Chantal Fear, Christopher Kirby, who's doing the voice for uh, Cyclops on the X Men Evolution uh, comics, and he also does the voice of I think Quattro in uh, the Gundam series. Okay. Uh, Banabrimu will be played by Bay Ling, Fangzar, Warren Aaron Owens, Christy White will play Mode, and Olive Levy will play the Senator Fima, Fima Bahab. Ellie and Mode are the assistants of Padme, and the other char- characters are senators and uh, senators, basically. <laughs> Then, we skip on to Thursday, November 6th. Uh, they, there was a little presentation at uh, Presidio. Uh, I think it's in San Diego, Mr. Producer. You got that in... So, some, some, some of you are supposed to have that in their miscellaneous news. No, Where is Presidio? San Francisco. San Francisco? Yeah. Thank you. And uh, they basically uh, gave the news about the uh, original trilogy DVD. So Lucasfilm actually showed up some uh, little clips from episode 3. There should be... There, there was one clip that showed Anakin, like, darker as ever, with a, with a big... Uh, uh, Scar. Scar on his face, thank you. Uh, there's another clip that shows Hennekin and Obi-Wan and Palpatine who are crashing their flaming ship on the surface of the planet that we're supposed to see at the beginning of the movie. 
there was another clip that showed the uh, the animal that will actually be transporting Obi Wan as he pursues Grievous to the planet. Mm-hmm. And the last clip is a little little small shot of the duel between Obi Wan and Anakin, but without the special effects. But then again, we saw something on the uh, hyperspace making of Episode Three documentary. Part one, probably something this, uh, this weekend. It looked a lot like it sounds like Obi Wan and Anakin that, yeah. fighting, but there's a uh, there's actually a stuntman sta- uh, being in for uh, standing in for Obi Wan, you and McGregor, yeah. which basically yeah. is yeah, you yeah, and uh, Obi Wan. And of course, this news comes from Ain't It Cool News. Thank you, Harry Knowles. Uh, on Friday, November 7th, uh, we realized that uh, our dear friend Anthony Daniels was interviewed by uh, an English radio called XFM. He talks about Jar Jar a little bit. He says that he's going to be briefly in a movie. Gungan and C-3PO will actually be shooting together in one scene. Uh, apparently, the movie is going to be a lot, ma- a lot more mature, and there's going to be more particular attention on the characters and not on what he calls the big monsters. Uh, the movie is a lot darker, and he... Is about the people who are mean between each other. And uh, again, Grievous comes back. More details about the big bad guy general. Uh, apparently, his, uh, his arms would be skele- skeletic and. Skeletal. Skeleton? Skeletal. Skeletal? Skeletal. Skeletal. It's fun. Okay, by the way, we speak French here, for those who are listening to us for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, 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 two, the, 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 the front part of the arm should like split in two halves and lightsabers will be coming out of there apparently so we heard from a previ- previous report uh, his mask is a, is a mix between the mask of Quiet Riot and the one of Ghostface in, in the movie Scream the legs are as skeletal as everything else and uh, it seems a lot like uh, the Terminator that's right but his feet look like dinosaur raptor's feet and that's really like it's, he's going to be turning up our inside and eating us alive Which is going to be really mean. I think I'm going to like that bad guy. Uh, the net gave us a little uh, preview of episode 3 and told us that uh, Vader will be present for about 5 minutes in the movie. Uh, we're going to see him mostly at the end. There's going to be uh, the wake-up scene where Anakin wakes up with almost all his armor without the, the, the big like front face plate of, the, of, the, of his helmet and without his cape. So looking a little bit like Darth Malak in the Knights of the Old Republic, I guess. And uh, <laughs> just like the, just like at the end of Return of the Jedi, <laughs> we will see Anakin uh, receive his uh, name of Darth Vader. That's when he becomes a uh, Darth Lord of the Sith. <laughs> and in the last scene, <laughs> having fun with the special effects. Yeah. Keep, keep that in, keep that on. It's gonna be it's gonna come in handy later on. Okay. And uh, in the last scene, we're gonna see Vader, Tarkin, and Palpatine on the bridge of a Star Destroyer, uh, watching over the uh, construction of the Death Star. This is so cool. Okay. <laughs> Anyone ever told you what was Obi Wan's real name? Well, it's Ben. Ben no is not way. just a nickname; no. it's it's his real name. There will be a scene where Anakin and uh, Obi Wan will be fighting starfighters in a in a space space battle, probably at the beginning of the movie. And uh, Obi Wan, well, Anakin will be calling him Ben, and Obi Wan says, "It's not time to joke, Anakin. You know how much I hate you calling me like that." Anakin says. Did you, do you think that Qui-Gon knew your real name? And Obi Wan like shoots down a couple of ships and then says, "You know what? I'm really afraid that everyone will gonna will gonna know my name now that you know it," <laughs> which is really cool. But he's 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 a running mouth, that little kid. Mm. Everybody loves Anakin. 
Don't make me destroy you. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, we're, we, hear, we hear a little bit more about what's going to happen after the Mace Windu death scene in uh, the office of Palpatine. Uh, Palpatine decides it's the appropriate time to actually uh, click on Anakin about the secret that he's Darth Sidious. And uh, he, he let him on on it and everything. It's really important to, remem- to remember that Palpatine will only say his side of the truth to Anakin. So just like from Obi- a certain point of view. That's right, just from a certain point of view. And one of the ba- one of the major points on which he's going to be uh, tweaking the Jedi is going to be death, because he knows he couldn't handle his his mother's death. And uh, Palpatine says to Anakin that he's going to share with him a way of cheating death and becoming immortal and maybe even like link those who are closer to him to cheat that as well. That doesn't work very well, does it? However, Palpatine says that Palpatine, Qui- Palpatine says that Qui-Gon was the best of the Jedi because he was following his own way, he was following his his own uh, feelings and he was not blindly following the orders of the Jedi Council. It seems a lot like a in the unifying force. That's right. We're going to be talking a little bit about that later on. No following your own path. And and Palpatine says that Qui-Gon did manage to actually prolongate his existence. Mm. So he was burnt, but he managed to be a ghost anyway. Uh, this is probably going to bring in some interesting question about the uh, relation in between Qui-Gon Dooku and Palpatine. And Yoda. Yes and no. I'm not... I don't... Well, it's a direct really line of apprentices. Yeah, but the direct line of apprentices is basically Palpatine, Dooku, and Qui-Gon. Not quite. It I would be Palpatine, Yoda, Dooku, and Qui-Gon. No, I'd probably... Yeah. Okay, we got to do this. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I still got half a month to go through now. But Yoda read a Citalacron or something, maybe in episode 3, so maybe he learned That's something. That's later on. Some, some Let me get there. Okay, okay. At the end of the scene, Anakin and Palpatine... Uh, this Palpatine decides to give the choice to Anakin and he says either you join me or you keep with the Jedi you choose your way but you choose now and basically that's when Anakin turns to the dark side and he becomes a set apprentice I think I need to change music (laughs) (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson was in uh, Spain and during a nice little interview he had uh, the interviewer asked him you wanted to be in a movie you had it you wanted to have a purple lightsaber you had it did you have the debt that you asked for your character he laughed a little bit and he said, yes, I did. So that means an honorable, an honorable death for Mace Windu, much unlike Admiral Agbar. We'll get into that later. Yeah. yeah. This is so sick. Uh, Stormtroopers, where do they come from? They come from the Trooper Factory 011 on Coruscant. And uh, the Clone Troopers are prototypes of Stormtroopers, of course. Obi-Wan will make friend of one of those uh, Stormtroopers and he's going to call him OH-11. And there's a critical critical moment in the movie where Palpatine will turn all the clones against the Jedi. OHL OH11, who's uh, with Kenobi, becomes straight and like almost robot-like, as he as if he was controlled. Kenobi realizes what's happening. He lights up his lightsaber and strikes down O11 on the on the on his torso. The the soldier the soldier fall with his. Blaster in his hands, and there's a, there's there is some dialogue in this uh, scene, and he said um, basically it starts with O11 starting by the Jedi uh, Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi target engage Obi Wan takes a takes a saber out and killed him, and he says, "For you, it's always been Ben, my friend." 
we got something about music here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other thing we saw from uh, before the Helmet Images and Hyperspace Service on StarWars.com on, on November 13th was the Dark Saber, of, the, the lightsaber. The of Dark the, Saber. Well, the Dark Saber of Dark Sidious, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and we quite understood why no one could actually, bu- could actually find out he was a Dark Lord of the Sith. He, he hit it well. Yeah, he stuck his up dark, his in a dark <laughs> spot. <laughs> That's right, where the light not, where the light, the light doesn't shine. <laughs> where, where the dark side is strong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Moving <thing> on. <laughs> yeah, Panda dies sadly enough, and the funeral will be on the, will be actually held on Naboo. Uh, apparently, the scene will not be e- more, much longer than the scene of um, the marriage between Anakin and uh, Padme and the Attack of the Clones, which is which I find sad. Uh, amongst the people present will be Sayo Bebel, the Queen, some assistants, and the and Padme family, and the Loyalist. Uh, Padme will be brought to her, uh, to her tomb in a floating... No, oversled. Oversled. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Probably like Han Solo in Carbonite yeah. Empire Strikes Back. You read that thing, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, I heard you in the French show. Okay. Oh, that's it. <laughs> and uh, actually, the Padme's that's going to be uh, used as for by the loyalist as a point of uh, for meeting for meeting each other. Yoda will be actually uh, traveling to Kashyyyk, and uh, he's going to be uh, looking around for a little bit more about this prophecy about the. Uh, the, the, the chosen one and all and uh, the prophecy would actually mention that the Lord of the Sith will be killed wait the Lord of the Sith will be killed by the, pro- by, by the chosen one and when he dies his apprentice will die as well and, what, and let us all remember what happened in uh, Return of the Jedi Vader kills the Emperor and then he, he dies. dies so would that make Luke the chosen one? no or would that make Anakin the chosen one? No, I think Anakin it's still Anakin. Yeah. Since Anakin kills the master and he dies afterward, exactly. it's shall be settled. answered <laughs> in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It doesn't say how he kills him. No. Aiden Aiden Christensen uh, was talking a little bit about uh, was talking a little bit about uh, Darth Vader, and he said that uh, we're going to be hearing him breathe. He said he could get in a lot of trouble for saying that, but it was worth it. A couple of images came out from uh, the f- from the the the, 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 the from the Source.net website actually, oh. and uh, they're, in, they're really interesting images. There's one of a baby ATST version that the clone trooper will be using, which is really cool looking. Aren't and they sketches though? There's yes, yeah, fan sketches. And there's another one of uh, General Grievous, which I think it's Tom Hodges. There have been a lot of sketches, but Tom Hodges sketches. is really good, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen them all, but I. Probably. Yeah. Ewan McGregor confirmed the spoiler f- uh, mentioned by Rick McCollum. Uh, he said that uh, he had been turning underwater scenes before, but he loves filming underwater because there's nobody in your vision, there's nothing to see. It's really calm and, you know, relaxing. Soothing. And soothing, that's it. And he says it's really exciting. The, the, the best scene he ever, he ever filmed was actually the scene underwater in Train Spudding. No comments. <laughs> the worst in Scotland. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, on uh, t- on uh, Wednesday, November 26th, coming down to this week, actually, uh, the Oming Beacon reported that uh, they're actually decor- they're actually working on 25 first minute of the movie that George needs for uh, the for ja- January 5th. 
God knows why. I'm thinking maybe we're going to have a little teaser. Right, it's too I soon. don't it's think it's so. Too little soon teaser for in March. Teaser. Little teaser in March. What? No, no, no. That would be cool. No, it'd be cool, but it's not going to happen. You're getting your hopes up too high. Anyhow, they're using a tool called iViz. Does that ring any bell to you, my dear Mac user friend? No, but everyone steals the i from <laughs> Apple. <laughs> yeah. What do you know? In any case... Uh, where uh, Rick McCollum reports that he's probably going to go in London in March, and uh, he's like he would like to actually isolate the sequence with the Wookies and do it later on in Australia because that's all that's where all the uh, major big guys they actually uh, took for the for for the costumes are all the big basketball players and all. <laughs> and uh, he's really satisfied as all, as our work is going right now. He's hoping that uh, by Christmas they're going to see the, the the movie for the first time. Which this Christmas? Be, yeah. Which will probably be a really early version of the movie. Well, with yeah, the yeah. Uh, it'd be no, cool. Of course. I'd love to see it. Not yet. I, see, I, I just want to see the end version. I don't mind about the spoilers, but I want to see the end version. Oh, no. I'd love to see, like, the transitions. Pablo Hidalgo came back to uh, the hyperspace service on, uh, on Wednesday as well, and uh, he was talking with uh, the animatics director, Rob Coleman, and he showed them a, sa- a scene of Obi-Wan and Yoda in a new um, room of the Jedi Temple, which is kind of cool. We're getting a little bit more example of what's happening in there. Uh, the only Jedi present at uh, the, the filming in Australia was Yoda, Plo Koon, Coyote Mandi, Stasily, Sacetine, and Agen Bolar. But there were a couple of uh, empty seats to be filled later on by uh, CGI characters. And one of them will definitely be uh, Master Jedi Angry, which is the race of Pablo Jill. Who the hell is that? <laughs> the, 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 the Jedi who dies and falls off the... Uh, That's Colin Trevor. Oh. Yeah, but his race is... Uh, the race of Pablo Jill? Yeah, no. It's kind it, well, it looks answer like us a duck. Answer in the chat. It, it, Research it and answer yeah. us in the chat. No, it, it's, it, it looks like, like a duck. Remember? <laughs> People oh think that there's yeah, a kind of like a daughter like a to Howard the Duck in the in the oh Jedi Temple. So there's gonna be. I don't think Howard so the Duck so that's, that's deserves that's any honor. Daffy <laughs> has just been upgraded to Jedi Master. <laughs> 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 the bad guys. Uh, the light the question on the, the color of the lightsaber. The bad guys uh, are have warm color, says George. Uh, red, oranges, and yellows. And the gu- the good guys are the f- the cold colors like blue and white and green and purple. I think, but I there's don't a crazy theory about me and the purple lightsaber, but I shall not mention it. But I don't think we will see <coughs> another color than red for the villain. I don't think so either. That would be cool, though. No, it's impossible. No, we've never seen Darth Sidious blade before. It's going to be red. And the fact it's that they be red. the fact that they mention orange and yellow, what do you know? In any case, but the droids <laughs> are the yellowish hue, and they're kind of. They're also orange. Bad guys. Uh, and I'm the one with the crazy theories? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you wanted proof of the yellow and the orange. Yeah, well, the first the first ever image of Yoda lightsaber we saw came, came on with, a, with a, an orange Those light. were fan-made. I know. No, it wasn't. It was actually in a, in a publication magazine. So a it wasn't true. Orange lightsaber? Yeah, but that was really cool. You'll find it. In any way. I'll I'll show you later. Okay. Uh, the first uh, web documentary the ma- of making of uh, has been on the web since na- last Thursday for the hyperspace members. Uh, it was a really cool documentary, and uh, basically the 
things that really comes out a lot out of it was a Jedi Starfighter that you can see really, really like vaguely in at one side behind. Uh, you can take a look at everything that's on uh, around everyone in there now. By now, you know you're used to it. You just like take a look at what's around the people more than at the people themselves and the making of. And it's really cool. You see uh, obvious uh, drawings of uh, the, the planet uh, Mustafar. We think. So just can't wait to see that. There's another thing that came out clear was Panmi's Veranda. That's even all they call it, and uh, we can tell you it's on Coruscant, and that's where most M- of the shooting the, took place. Maybe it's in the tower on Naboo, but it's outside. It's kind of outside. You know, there, there's big towers on Naboo near the f- near yeah, but the, the, way the, the towers waterfall are, and everything. the way the towers are put, it's more like yeah, Coruscant yeah, it's architecture, more, yeah. and with uh, all those nice uh, statues and also. And we see a. <laughs> punk-like look for Anakin. Oh yeah, that's really ugly. Anakin with a tomahawk. Spank, yeah, with a mohawk and with tattoos and. <laughs> that's right, with tattoos on his on, on his right arm. It's oh boy, oh boy, disturbing. <laughs> and we're gonna let you on this little quote from uh, George from the making of Episode Three, Part One. As he left the Skywalker Ranch, he said, "It will be hell until I get back, and when I get back, it will be worse." <laughs> and on this note. We finish. With even a minute to spare. The hyperspace man. So. That's right. Just put spoiler off on the chat. There you go. There you go. Uh, maybe in one minute, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come on. Type, man. Type, 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 type. type. <laughs> there you go. So it's pretty. Co- it's pretty cool. We're gonna hear. We're gonna hear a little bit later in the show from uh, Peter Mayhu, and uh, we're gonna hear a little bit of. Uh, of his role in episode 3 if you may but there's not going to be like anything big and spoiler like sadly enough but you know we want we like him we want to keep on getting on hearing from him he told more uh, in private not uh, yeah yeah that's it I don't think you're supposed to say that (laughs) well you know more in private (laughs) we'll fill you in later yeah on what we can (laughs) no man nothing we we didn't know already so okay and, and right now, we're going to be going to a little uh, friend of ours, whose name is Jeff Rooney, and uh, he has a little segment called Tattooing TV. He's up to number eight now, so we're going to give you a little piece of uh, what he makes, and uh, we hope you can tell us what you think about it. So, yeah, And if you have short audio files that could compensate for a, a commercial for us... That you'd Go like ahead. to send us and everything. Yeah. We'll give you the details when we come back from Tatooine TV number 8. Yep. Now connecting to the Tatooine TV signal. Initiating decoding sequence. Decoding sequence successful. Initiating download. Warning. Only audio portion available. Proceeding with audio download. Cow heart. You're going to see a lot more wind. There's a sense of, I don't know... I'm Dr. Phil. All right. Let's welcome the Skywalkers with us today. Anakin, Padme, Luke, and Leia. Doggone it, get your behinds out here. <laughs> Go ahead and make yourself comfortable. Uh, he- hello, y'all. Now, I've got to tell you, I've read your bios backstage, and you guys have some major dysfunction going on in your family. Did you know that? You're telling me. Uh, okay, Luke, let's start with you. You tried to kill your father, 
Do you think that's normal? He was the Dark Lord of the Sith. Apart from needing some plastic surgery on his noggin, he doesn't look like the Dark Lord of anything. Phil, he cut my hand off. He cut my hand off, too. Now, now, Anakin, wait your turn. No, this whiny pansy. Okay, yeah, I had a minor slip-up by listening to the Emperor. Big deal. I almost died in a lava pit and had to wear a mask for ten years. Ten years with no suntan? It's no fun. I want to break Annie's head. Now, now, Padme, hold on. We're nearing the breakthrough. I carried those two kids by myself for seven months. Living in seclusion? Was that fun? No! Oh, mm-hmm. And wearing cinnamon buns on my head was a walk in the park? My therapist finally let me use toenail trimmers, and that freaky brother of mine kissed me. On the mouth. Wait just one minute, brass bra girl. Oh, so I deserved it. Obi-Wan, lover. Deadbeat, Dad! Okay, okay, uh, uh, folks out there in TV land, we've run out of time. See you next time. Tatooine TV is a Jeff Roney Designs production. For full credit information, please visit jrdonline.com. It's only minutes. So I guess it's bring out the foam bats for the Skywalker family now. <laughs> um, as we said, we were going to tell you uh, what happens when you send us stuff. We're basically just like Adam Films. Everything that you send us, <laughs> that we are on the show, becomes our property. <laughs> no. No, we're just kidding. Uh, we're, we're totally in with the fan audio genre, and uh, as our friend from StarWarsFanWorks.com, Nathan Butler, knows, uh, we just Here's your plug, Nathan. We just want to promote everything, and of course, Chrono Radio uh, number something, uh, sorry. Twelve. Twelve. Really? Only twelve? Huh. Well, there's some different edition there, is okay. an interview edition. Well, Chrono Radio number twelve is coming out probably tomorrow, and on Wednesday we're going to have Requiem of the Outcast by Cinema Freak from the Force. Well, from, not from the Force, but from Fan Force forums. I don't remember his name. Sorry, dude. <coughs> I really got a bad cold, but it's, it's so fun. <laughs> right now... Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to the miscellaneous news. That's right. Thanks to Adam One, I'm now able to say miscellaneous. <laughs> miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. That's what he said. Did you, did you practice? Yes, a lot. Even did with you? even with a pen in my mouth. Where's my pen? <laughs> <laughs> I stole it. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> See? Now you will have the cold. Miscellaneous. I'm good at <laughs> all. Now you will have the cold. I'm contaminated now. That's right. Okay, what's happening in the Star Wars world? Okay, um, on Monday, November 3rd, we got the 2004 preview, and uh, they're going to be R3PO from The Empire Strikes Back. He was seen in the Rebel Hangar on Hoth, and then Hoth Evacuation General Riken. He was the commander of the Alliance Forces on Hoth. The Hoth Attack Wampa, the creature that attacks Luke on Hoth. And then the Tatooine Escape C-3PO. And uh, that's from the from uh, New Hope. That's right. Yep. We're, we're starting more and more to look like a real newsroom because we printed all our stuff today, oh, so we all have yeah. like tons of papers on the table. It's really funny. <laughs> okay. Go watch us on the webcam. <laughs> you can't see me, though. There's no point in seeing it. We see your, we see your sheets. Oh, go on, okay. go on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Highlights from James Asenu's hyperspace chat are that I have committed to doing another Star Wars project, but I am not at liberty to discuss it now. That was from, uh, that's a direct quote. Um, and then there are, then it goes on to say that 
Um, he is doing another DK Classics locations book. So um, you'll see the inside of the cantina, Ben's house, Jabba's throne room, the route through the Death Star, and others. He said he goes on to say that someone has been chosen to write the to write the episode three novelization, um, and also that he has read the episode three script and he thinks it's fantastic. We've heard that before, though, from hey, different people. You know, so we'll see. I just can't wait to see it. Escape from Dagu was cancelled this on Monday, November third. Um, there what, was what's they happened from good authority that it's cancelled, but they can't tell you why. But they know it's dead, dead, dead. It's but like they, they confirm why. It's it's yeah. really fun because they, they confirm it later. They already yeah. just like has this bad habit of announcing books and canceling them and announcing others and canceling others. You know, just announce what you're going to come out with. Okay. And then on Friday, they announced that there's going to be three new um, Unleashed figures, consisting of Chewbacca, the Wookiee, Luke in his snowspeeder pilot gear from Hoth, and the clone trooper in the middle of the Clone Wars battle. And they, the first wave is due early 2004. And there are pictures available on the internet if you want to see them. The Chewbacca looks amazing. Yeah. The, the fur flowing yeah. up in the air. <laughs> it looks so cool. But I prefer the clone troopers. With the, no, the dead uh, clone trooper. Uh, it does look cool, but Chewbacca. Something about Chewbacca. So cool. I think it's That's because he, sa- he said your <laughs> name. <laughs> That's because he said your name before, go- uh, he before going uh, back to his hotel room. Maybe, maybe. He said goodnight, Brian. <laughs> yep. Oh. You're so what? proud. You're yes, so I proud. Am. Good boy. That was a SFX. Yeah. And then a report from Ain't Cool News unofficially confirmed that the DVDs will be out sometime next year. And the Clone Wars... The blah, 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 um, and it should be coming out next year, but they're not sure. They think it, it should be September. And then... Hold on. Galaxy's News. And Jedi Academy for the Macintosh. I'm, ver- I'm expecting this. I hope, oh. it's, I hope it's a good port. I didn't play... Jedi Academy, the second one, uh, but I did play it on the GameCube. It was pretty good. Um, Jedi Academy for the Mac is by Aspire. It should be out by the end of this year. I doubt it. I doubt it very much. But it should be out early 2004. Great. Yep. I'm hoping to be able to play it. Uh, can you play with uh, other <laughs> PC players? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It should. It should be a full port. Should Great. be able to be compatible across. You know that's what that's what's so great with should word. <laughs> should you'll be should. able to you'll be able to I'm sure. I hope so. Or else I won't buy it. Um, episode three author was revealed, and is none other than Matthew Stover. That was Friday the fourteenth, and he has written um, prequel era Shatterpoint and the New Jedi Order. Traitor, my favorite. Um, and then the Battle of Yavin figures. Uh, just before that. I've contacted uh, Matthew Stover, okay, and he is uh, ready uh, for uh, an interview when uh, the episode three book will come out. An interview Great. with us. He's expecting it. I write. Yep. And the Battle of Gavin figures debuted, and they consist of uh, General Jan Dudenen, Dutch Vander, Gold Leader, a new Tie Fighter pilot, Captain Antilles, which was the was, was that a fan choice, Captain Antilles? Captain yep. Antilles? Yep. Yep. Franchise yeah. number five. That's right. Yep. Admiral Ozel, Dengar, and Bosk. 
from the upcoming Star Star themed wig. And there are pictures around the internet for those. <coughs> and the Secret Weapons over Normandy review is on... It got good reviews. Um, Xbox, IGN, and GameSpy um, also reviewed it. They gave an 8.8 on 10 and a 4 uh, four on 5, respectively. It's supposed to be a very good game. And you can unlock um, the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter in the game. Yay! That's cool. And um, also, the IGN also reviewed the Xbox version of Jedi Academy. I mean, 8, 10, 8 on 10 and... Uh, Team Xbox also gave it a chance to review Jedi Academy, and they gave it a 3.5 on 5. That's yep. good. And in February, Dark Horse will release the following comics. Star Wars Empire number 18, The Last Man. Standing? Sam, no. Last Man. That's all I got. Last Man Standing? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, and then the... Um, sorry. Star Wars Infinity's... The Return of the Jedi number 4 will be out. Um, and Star Wars Republic number 62. <coughs> and in RPG news, the new Game Master screen will be out in 2004 by Wizard of the Coast. It should be available April 2004. I will buy that one. With the revised rules. I don't Another know. revised rules? No, no, the, the Game Master screen, because on the back side there's some... The basic rules are written... Down. Now see that's that's, that's, that's good, good and that's bad because if you need to refer to the rules you have to lift the screen turn it over basically like showing all your plan to your players and take a look at it and then you put it all back. No, so no it's it's on the back side. It's for the players. The, no, it's for the players. It, no, it's, it's no, okay. It's, it's in for the, the game master. Yeah, it's in the, in, in the outside. There's the, some kind of picture with an X wing or, or something, and yeah. in, in the inside there's all the codes for the, the, oh, the game screen. master. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, big news for it's a screen. So the yeah. players won't see it. <laughs> also, big news for Canadian fans. Canada's Teletoon will air the Clone Wars cartoon. Finally. Yes. Finally. That's it'll right. It'll debut on January 3rd at 5 p.m. Oh, go on. Okay. I just want to check you got the, the, the right times and all. It will be... Um, it should be part of the... Cine- right before the popular Cinetoon feature... Uh, on Saturdays and Mondays and Sundays at 9:30 on the as a special Kapow presentation on the detour. And that's updated because he did, didn't see it on uh, Tuesday. On it's on Monday. Monday and Sundays. No, it's on Tuesdays. That's Tuesdays. It's been Tuesdays okay. at, at 9:30s. Okay. And you've heard it first here on Star Wars on Direct. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. I think it's. Like, we, we, we posted it this afternoon on Sickman, of course, yeah. but I think it just made its way to the Forge.net. Okay. And um, <coughs> they're not sure if the if they can broadcast the second season at the same time as the Americans. They, they won't be, they won't they be able to do so. They will be doing issues. so. They will be actually showing it in March. A month yeah, later. In March, yeah, which a is a month, month later. later. Yeah. It's been confirmed. Okay. You have to do your research a little bit better, my young one. You, you have to go <laughs> to the Sinclair Forum and the representative of Teletoon is writing right there. That's oh right. Boy. Oh, we are you quite shot. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting bigger by the minute, you know. <laughs> and that's it for the mixed. We yeah. must just yeah. we, we just must not let oh, it go. Oh, uh, did you see uh, uh, something about Troy Denning? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hold on. Yes, and the <laughs> released 
the um, the next few books, starting in 2005, will be released. The Setus Deception, and then uh, February 2005, episode bridge novel. So that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it, I, I, uh, a bridge novel for episode three. Yeah, I think it maybe James Lucino. He, he said somewhere that. He was signed to write yep, uh, a book. Yeah, that's what maybe uh, hyperspace chat. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. Yeah. In 2005, uh, March 2005, it's Survivor's Quest. April, May 2005 will be the episode three novelization. Mm-hmm. In May 2005, it will be Jedi trait. In the paperback. In I the think? paperback. Yeah, the check paperback. Yeah, check on that. There's a lot of paperback. Yeah, on the paperback. And then in 2000, in July 2005 will be the first post NGO novel by tri- <laughs> by Troy Denning. It's a trilogy. Then in September it will be the second. In October it will be the first Timothy Zahn on the novel on the Open Flight project. And then in November 2005 we have the final Troy Troy Denning yeah. trilogy. And the siren book. you heard was the uh, Lucasfilm. Lawyers coming in. So it's a loose. Shutting us down. <laughs> They're coming in. No. Okay. Uh-huh, we're in Canada. That's why we can actually broadcast this internet radio show to you. <laughs> Free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So that You're was so it for bad. the miscellaneous news. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. You're done. That's it. That's it. That's great. That's done. Uh, we're gonna go now to a uh, little. Uh, Music, that's okay. Explain the title. Killing in the name of From Rage Against the Machine. And well, what uh, does it remind you? Remind well, go ahead. You? Go ahead, my dear producer. No. It's you know the Yuzang Vong? That's right. They ate machines, so Rage Against the Machine, and they're killing in the name of the gods, so. In Yun Yuzang. Yeah. I hope you like this song. It's gonna play for five minutes, and we will be right back after this. Get ready to 
my dudes and work forces are the same that brought crosses. So my dudes and work forces are the same that brought crosses. So my dudes and work forces are the same that brought crosses. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hi, this is Michael Sheard, Admiral Ozzel from The Empire Strikes Back. And you are listening to Star Wars On Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars On Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And uh, we're now about to uh, get on I with love that intro. Main subject. It's an He's awesome. He's a real actor. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's very really into it, isn't he? <laughs> That guy was with us about three weeks ago. Uh, hi, Michael, if you're listening to us. And uh, it, w- it was such a great yeah, pal to, make, to, to meet. It's, it's incredible. We had supper with him, and we had tons and tons of fun. So, 
we want to say that here at Star Wars Land Direct, we proudly take pride. We proudly take pride. Like <laughs> proudly oh, take pride. Like really proud. You yeah, know? that you got really <laughs> proud. It's like we're really proud to bring all the Star Wars guests to come here to Montreal to supper with us and have like a great evening and present to the little town of Montreal. We had two this, this month. In any case, that's why we that's why my credit card is maxed out now. <laughs> In any case, uh, we're going to be going on on the main subject, with, which is The Last and New Jedi Order, the Unifying Force book. Um, I'm, uh, <coughs> I'm a little disapp- disappointed personally. I'm going to start right now, and I'm going to say that everything that I will be saying during this, uh, this actual main subject well, topic... Well, obviously your opinion, because you're be saying it. My very personal opinion, and does not reflect on my uh, partner's opinion, nor on the show, nor on the producer... <laughs> Nor on it, probably anyone else, but it's just me. I'm crazy. So, if you like want to kill him, contact us and we'll, we'll, we can arrange something. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay, storyline approximately. Uh, uh, I don't think <laughs> we will go in detail, read the book. Basically, we're going to tell you just like take about a good week and read the book. Or you can read the synopsis. They're out yeah. there. If you'd like. Uh, I'm going to plug Time Tales right now because, seriously, I've read the first three books of the, of the New Jedi Order. But I don't think it's on Time Tales right now. And I've Not read yet. the Time Tales, and then I've read the two last books. I think that's the best move I ever made. <laughs> to read the book? No, to read the Time Tales instead of reading the books. No, no, okay, no, no, no. no. You missed out on good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Probably, but you guys all told me about it, so... Yeah, but it's not I'm the same. I'm a spoiled fan. <laughs> no. It's not the same. You don't you no. have to experience it first. I still hand. owe the books... But that doesn't matter. You it doesn't matter. You didn't read You it. can have something and not experience it. Okay, eventually I'll read them. I promise yeah. you guys. You've got so many things that you'll eventually do. In any way. <laughs> uh, there's a, apparently, th- we were waiting for revelations to be announced in that book. There were there was a, a couple. couple of them. Uh, not too many, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, Akbar dies. Oh, no. Just wanted to let yeah, you know. Damn. And, uh, by the way. Yeah, by the way. What's what's our favorite scenes and all? <laughs> so you see, that's the way Akbar it died. An, it, w- it was an emotional scene. It, oh yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's it. It's really someone strikes into the the advisory council of the Galactic Alliance uh, room, and they just like, oh, and you see Silgal going like, <gasps> and there goes the line. By the way, Akbar is dead. Well, it doesn't go by the way, but it's like Akbar just died. And you're like anticlimactic. Oh, end of paragraph. Hey. End of chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Way to kill the dude, man! <laughs> uh, that that kind of like that's the whole thing for me. The whole book was kind of like that. Like it was made in a hurry. Yeah, it's too bad. One of the things that both me and uh, Danny uh, actually saw really bad were the typo errors. Yeah, I can at least remember ten of them, as right now. Yeah, and I don't even. I'm not extra good in English, so. If I see more than ten typo without being there's a problem. Yeah. There's without, a serious without problem. Being, I'm, go, I'm gonna write a word on the chat right now, which is electric, and I want to tell you. I want to ask you guys if that's a word, because <laughs> I'm not sure about it. Yeah. Uh, if we uh, we uh, tell the, the the major revelation in the uh, Unifying Force, uh, we we learn that Boba Fett is alive. And that's a nature very, very, very well. He seems very healthy. Yes. Yeah. He's good on pension. <laughs> yeah. Even for a sixty-year-old. Yes. And he he tumbled upon more Mandalorian friends, which yeah. is always good. Yeah. 
Uh, there's the alpha red virus, which is back or activated. Uh, we uh, learned that uh, Zona Masikot is a seed of the original homeworld of Yuzantar. Uh, we learned that the Yuzanvong are stripped of the Force and from the sim sim symbiosis of their own planet. And we learn also that Omini is controlling, controlling the Supreme Overlord. He's an ex-shaper with the ability to touch the Force. Uh, in the chat right now, there's Kieran Horn who just mentioned the fact that Agbar got the suckiest death since Man Matma. Yeah. So true. <coughs> she was poisoned. <laughs> I don't even think Agbar was. <laughs> Maybe food poisoning or something. He died, he died an old man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best way for a warrior yeah, to but die. No, it's kill him off, off the screen, you know, and mention, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, mention it in Third Endings Trilogy. You, so. want me, you want me to tell you how I wanted him to die? He should have died I wanted surrounded to, by friends I wanted to see type thing. I wanted to see something goes like that. New paragraph. Krefri's hide couldn't believe what he was seeing. A Moncal fighter, uh, freighter was actually advancing to the, to, to the, 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 Yusenfo the Yusenfong fleet... Going straight to, straight at the art, straight to the Yamas. It should, it should have been a B-Wing. They actually, they yeah. contacted the freighter, and Krifi said, Come in, uh, Moncal something something, and Admiral Agbar here, uh, I'm going in. Uh, may the force be with you in the rest of the combat and stuff like that. You know, just a little <laughs> something, phrase. Something honorable. Yeah, just something yeah. honorable. And you just see him like go straight for the Yamask, and boom, no more Yamask. And Nascholka fails like in freaks and goes back to Carson after that but you know having someone just like walking into a room uh, by the way uh, Akbar Zed yeah. <laughs> like some Sasha some, some, some chocolate with that <laughs> and I, I had to say that your cold is making your Akbar impression very good isn't it <laughs> <laughs> good thing we're taping that because I don't know when, uh, when that's gonna happen again <laughs> probably soon enough later next few next radio shows you always have a cold. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what did I think was uh, good? Uh, well, are we done with the revelations? Actually, yep. <laughs> yeah. We see, that's oh. all. That's all there was to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna read what I oh, actually, translated from French. One, one nice revelation that I found was that we we see uh, Lumpy again. He's oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> back from the holiday special. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in the angel. Yeah, uh, the other I, I can actually like put that in the revelations is a little passage from the book when uh, Leia is actually chatting a little bit with <coughs> I don't I don't remember I think it's um, Han or something. She says I keep thinking that my father must have finally come to his to this point when he summoned the strength to save Luke from the Emperor. I know from her journal that my grandmother felt this way, and I have the strongest feeling that my mo that my mother must have also reached this stage. It was with war erupting all around her, her home world threatened. Is this what Jason had been trying to tell us all along, that violence is never the answer, even if it seems the shortest and most direct path? <coughs> That's told by Leia. And it's really cool because, you know, she, she knows, like, a bunch of things about her grandma yeah. and about her mother as oh well. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And by the way, we have three audio excerpts from the audio book. That's right. We're going to be listening to these... Uh, Shortly, later, yeah. but um, yeah, basically going back to Leia, um, that was like a great, a great extract to put on, and it really, you know, looped the loop back to Episode Three, which was a really good thing that uh, James did. 
uh, go ahead again, producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Keep on going. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell uh, the review I translated from French, so I don't know how good it will sound. <laughs> we'll correct you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I thought this book was great. Uh, it's interesting from start to end. James Lucino uh, had a huge, a huge task to close the NGO series in only one book, and it shows because events are unfolding unfolding in a rapid pace. Uh, there's a lot of space and ground battle. Uh, the Jedi seems to be getting better and better at, at killing using Vong Warrior compared to the start of the NGO series, and Lucino had to create some kind of super warrior, the Slayer, to give the Jedi a worthy, a worthy opponent for the unifying force. If you remember in Vector Prime, they had all the difficulty killing regular, one. W- one. yeah, regular warrior, and now they kill them like if they were uh, battle droids in Episode One, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to create. A <coughs> they c- they're throwing them around like ragdolls. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, th- of answers were given on the Yuuzhan and their culture, but I had the impression that nothing new. I, uh, I I had the impression that I didn't learn anything new uh, from the final prophecy. You know, all those revelations were kind kind of between the lines in the final prophecy, and the unifying force the unifying force only comes com- confirmed them. Even the real identity of Omini wasn't a surprise. I knew he had something important, maybe not uh, uh, controlling. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was maybe just a a lackey. Yeah, but yeah, he had court more, gesture. Uh, just yeah. yeah, just a gesture. Or but uh, but they, they were building him up, so obviously yeah. they had something. He had too much of, of a presence to be. Uh, and uh, why would Shimra keep him around? Yeah, it, it made no sense, and yeah. I think it was Nominor I think that pointed that out. Yeah. Come on, well, I keep you around just to bash on you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. That's good reason enough right there. Yeah, but he never bashes on him. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, right. Yeah. Well, he's all, and Hanumi is always running his mouth, quite like you do with me. So Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he's the master, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, uh, as a walking encyclopedia, Lucino did close some loose ends left by past, uh, by previous author and inserted many, many references from other EU books and comics. Like he did in Agent of Chaos. They well, there's a paragraph at the end of the book, and it's just like they're 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 naming all the Jedi that are that yeah. come to Zenoma Seacott, and yeah. it's, it's a whole paragraph. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, uh, Lucinu even took some Jedi characters and made them reflect on their past by giving us an overview of their life up until the present moment. I'm referring more. Uh, Sebastian told me about Kip. Which uh, was more in depth. Uh, you got an in a more in depth look at yeah, what happens to Kip all his all his life, and you know all the all the all the things he had to do to come where he was today. And all along, all if you take a look back at the uh, the, the NGO series, Kip was really bad in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, really bad. And you see him at the end. He's skirting like skirting the deaths. Yeah, he's skirting the da- dark side. And he's like like this big hero in the end. And you're like you're looking at it, it's like. I can't believe I wanted him to die. Why? Yeah. yeah why didn't he die? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's still three books that comes with yeah. Trident. I hope he so. dies. Mm. Uh, there's also Boba Fett's cameo. Made me smile. Uh, even if he hadn't <laughs> an important role in the unifying force, he, he confirmed the fact that he had nothing against Han Solo. Heck, he even saved his life. <laughs> That's right. Uh, 
And like he said, and I quote, my personal fight was always against the Jedi. I think that quote is the first time that Boba Fett acknowledged that fact in a Star Wars novel since we know that his father was killed by Mace Windu in Attack of the Clone. I don't yep. think he ever mentioned hating the Jedi at some point in It the does EU. make sense, though. He does go after Luke as soon as he can yeah. in uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. Uh, another great moment was when Jason was fighting Omni through the Force and he heard his grandfather, Anakin Skywalker, telling him, stay firm. He didn't uh, read that uh, right, I think. Uh, it was the same voice that uh, was in his vision in Balance Point, but he hadn't recognized it at that point in the series. I remember in Balance Point, in his vision, he, er he, he was hearing a, gray, uh, a deep voice saying stay firm but he he, he didn't remem remember it what say it say what with your deep stay voice firm. stay firm stay firm <laughs> never whatever <mind. laughs> no 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 what is it you're totally out of it yeah I'm yeah. totally out of it what happened <laughs> Anakin Skywalker yes in the in, uh, in the vision of uh, Jason in balance point okay said stay firm and it happened at the end of oh. the Infinite Force. Stay, stay firm. firm. There we go. <laughs> stay firm. <laughs> that was bad. Yep. Stay firm. Very bad. <laughs> I'm losing my voice here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes uh, that I thought was so inspiring was the speech that Luke made to the other Jedi before em embarking into the final battle with the Yuuzhan Vong. It was kind of an homage. Uh, to all the Jedi and the important role they had in the galaxy and in ending the conflict. We will hear that audio excerpt of that in a moment. Maybe later after. Yeah, well, we're yeah. going to be li listening to them a li little bit later on. Yeah. And uh, we'll be calling uh, them some friends. For my part, I, I like the idea uh, decided by Del Rey of a new Jedi Order ded dedicated to act for the will of the Force and not, not being the guardian of justice. I love the fact that learn uh, that uh, that learning the force will be more through self-exploration by indiv individual than formal teaching uh, with a predetermined concept. I think the post-NGO novel will greatly profit from that new concept and give us new and original story. A lot of fans will be against that uh, will be against that new force concept, which, from a certain point of view goes against the light side dark side mythology of the films to those person I say we need to evolve <laughs> and all great philosophy can be interpreted in different ways Ooh. again with the music <laughs> okay okay and uh, uh, and what can I say about the last paragraph of the novel Lucino did a wonderful uh, <coughs> did in a wonderful way tied the Star Wars Expanded Universe with us, the readers, by mentioning that their laugh were vectoring out across space and time as is destined to be heard in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to wait. Yeah, I, I, I had to wait. Uh, we could uh, listen to the first excerpt. It's a pretty good idea, actually. <coughs> So uh, we will hear from 
the speech Luke made before the battle to all the Jedi present on Zona Masika, I think. That's right. Yep. Luke took his lightsaber from his belt, ignited the blade, and held it over his head. Wordlessly, the other Jedi began to follow suit. Taking note of Leia's hesitation, Han nodded in encouragement. Go, he said quietly. You're as much a Jedi as any of them. The Jedi tightened up around Luke, angling their lightsaber slightly so that the tips pointed toward his, and in the end, creating a stand of colorful blades that thrummed ominously in the crisp air. This day has been years in the making. What we do from this moment forward will test our fealty to the Force in a way that the Jedi haven't been tested in more than a generation. Be mindful that we are not the purveyors of conflict and inequity, but the guardians of peace and justice. Above all, we want what the Force wants, no matter where that leads us. If some of us are not seen again today, that does not mean that our actions will have been in vain or will not be remembered. Han looked to those who didn't have lightsabers, the few outside the circle, Javatha, Harar, and Danny, wondering where he fit in. But he added his voice to the rest when they said as one, May the Force be with us. And of course, all that with a nice little Three Musketeers look to it, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was pretty interesting. Uh, I really like the way he actually does that speech, but in itself, I'm not too sure about it. <laughs> Still, it's good. It fits in. It's emotional. And it's emotional. The way that hands try to fit in. <laughs> 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 it's kind of funny too. Poor hand. But because the one th- the one thing y- we d- we did we didn't heard in that uh, speech is that just before Luke's make Luke make the, that speech, Han actually like pushes Leia on and he says, "Go, go. You need to be there." <laughs> no, I know. Because you're a Jedi. We uh, we heard it. You pushed her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Pushed. In, in between brackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <coughs> okay, now for the bad parts. <laughs> you start, <Okay>. I'll finish. <laughs> no, no, okay. I'll go in between. And you'll okay. go in between. My first point was the the number of typos, so we mentioned it uh, early, earlier. Uh, the second one was the uh, how they kill Admiral Akbar. The oh, and by the way, uh, Akbar is dead. Uh, what? How? Where? We, we, need <laughs> <laughs> we need more detail, you know? Uh, I think they should have killed Akbar off-screen and just mentioned mention it in the uh, post-NGO uh, trilogy from Troy Denning. Or at least give him a ceremony, but I think they did at the end of the novel, but they just mentioned a ceremony. That's right. Uh, just at the end of the novel, there's one phrase that says they go back to Carson and they start rebuilding, and they started that by actually holding a great ceremony for uh, the fr- the funerals of uh, Hagbar. Yep. Uh, of, all, of all people, they had to bury him in Carson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for my part, I did expect a major character to die in the uni- unifying force. Uh, Agbar would have been a, a great choice if he had a better end than just a, a one-liner. That's right. <laughs> you know? Uh... I uh, at the end of a series uh, like the New Jedi Order, Order uh, a series that makes a precedent like that uh, should have closed with a bang, uh, uh, like Chewie's death. 
we know that Han Solo, Luke and Jack could have been killed easily and Luceno did made us think that for a couple of pages you know and both uh, two times I think he could have been dead at least the, the one time when, where Boba Fett saved him and the other the when other he gets poisoned by the Amphistaff yeah. and uh, in the beginning <laughs> and you also have Luke which also gets bitten by but, the Amphistaff but Han's always skirting death and yeah. so is Luke Mm. Well, they would the think that it's going to continue with Jack. <laughs> they're the only defenders of the universe. They cannot die. They're the champions. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to die. No. Yeah. Of all age. <laughs> uh, when we will uh, be talking about the post angel, uh, just right. tell them uh, your one I'll of your theory. I, I'll tell my view theory about uh, the, the beginning of the trade ending trilogy. Uh, <coughs> uh, after that, uh, okay, but there's a lot of unanswered question. Or questions that are vaguely yet explained in the novel. Yes, they're using war stripped of the force and lost their symbiosis with their home world. But how did it happen? How did Omini regain his ability to touch the force, etc., etc.? Even the unifying force. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, they they mentioned the fact that he just injected himself with cells of Yamask. Yeah, but which basically cheated himself yeah, into the force. It doesn't mean that. That's how he, he, he got back to contact yeah, the force. Contacting the but how did he know that that was going to give him powers? He didn't. He, didn't. he was a shaper. He, yeah. he was a shaper. He used to be a shaper, yeah. therefore a scientist, therefore he knew a couple of things. So. Yeah, but how yeah. did he know about the force if they were outside They were of already the force? stripped of the force. So mm-hmm. ha, ha, ha. He's not trying to get the force back, he's trying to get back into the eight cortex. Oh. No. Yes, wow. he was trying to get back into the eight cortex. No, I think he part. knew about the the That's eight it. cortex, and he wanted to get it back. Therefore, in, in, in injecting himself oh, with Yamask cells. Yeah, but that anyway, it doesn't do anything <laughs> for, for the force. Anyway. Your crazy theories. <laughs> no, it's in, it's in a book. That's how that's how we they had a show. It. We had a show. I know. It's over. <laughs> oh, there's going to be one crazy theory per show. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other the other thing that I that confuses me. Uh, we meet in the f- in the novels the final prophecy a man named Davis, that is from what Jaina felt in the Force, Admiral Pelion son. In the Unifying Force, Pelion says that he never took time to marry and have a family. Probably an error that occurred while both Lucino and Keys were writing their novel at the same time, but should have Delry catch that? I think so. <laughs> Do you know before the prince? Yeah. <laughs> You'd think. Yeah. Stop the presses. Yeah. It was at the end of both novels. But he could be his nephew. Yeah. By why nephew or a... Nephew. Or a, a, chi- a child. A love An child, illegitimate a child. Illegitimate child. That, that's what's the word. Captain <laughs> Kirk of the Star Wars <laughs> universe. <laughs> He's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, even with all those neg- negative points, I still think that... Uh, all the action and unfolding events we get the unifying force is one of the great novel in the expanded universe so I give it a 9 out of 10 you go my dear kid okay. Fisto and I'll finish that book <laughs> what I like finish and what I, in all what I like and what I didn't like were pretty much one part <laughs> of a chapter I liked when Nas Choka was going over to the conference on the Roust. I loved that it was going up there and it stopped <laughs> and it was just like, what, you're just going to let us hang? And they don't even tell you what the cur- terms yeah. of the surrender are. The audiobook finish like that. He, the, the audiobook uh, 
finish oh with boy. the... Oh, uh, boy. Whatever, it's like... Uh, yeah. You're just left with nothing. Yeah. And is it maybe it's a marketing ploy? I hope it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it's not. Lucas Marketing, man. Lucas Marketing. <laughs> and it's just... It just sucked. I didn't... Like, it just stopped. And then it just said, oh, and then they started rebuilding. And Nasachoka helped. Well, I know he was trying to help, but... <laughs> I need more details Because that's what the EU is all about Details mm. Exactly And we didn't get those details And I found that kind of frustrating mm. And I just had a really hard time Getting into the book Seb uh, also I just I couldn't get into it You were too Expecting something N- you Maybe had, You had to come in Without expecting I knew that Everything will be uh, Would be delivered In the last two chapters So I went on And right I, wasn't, from the start I wasn't expecting anything. I I was expecting a good book that was going to capture that was going to capture me. Right, capture me a lot. And I haven't really had that. I had. I found that the first the first trilogy of the um, what was it the remnant? No, the Force Heretic trilogy Force was Heretic good. Trilogy. Second was okay. Third was okay. The unifying. Don't the tell l- me you, you like better Force Heretic than the unifying Force. <laughs> It's tough. It's <laughs> it's the almost w- the case. <laughs> it, it's just it it wasn't it wasn't it didn't capture me. It didn't capture me like Trader did. It didn't capture me like Star Wars Star did. Or um, okay, the name escapes me now. The fi- the uh, final pro- way? yes, Destiny's Way. Destiny's Way. Okay. And the Final Prophecy. Those were good books because they were like they were pushing it. They were actually discovering things. And in here, it just kind of falls flat, it's and it like I said, it it's fizzles. just confirming everything. Yeah, and it fizzles. I didn't find it; didn't capture me. The, uh, one ba- uh, bad part that I didn't talk about was the the strategy of the space battle, going there, <laughs> uh, going there, <laughs> and oh no, no, no! There's another strategy. No, we go there, and we go there. They move all the time, all the time. It's, it's like a freaking Super Bowl in the universe. <laughs> It goes back and forth between planets. I have a hard time just visualizing sometimes the space mm-hmm. battles. Because it's just too actually, technical for me. Actually. Just just tell me what's what happens. I don't need to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> If Jaina goes behind a uh, behind skip or she's flanking one, I, I don't care. Just okay. tell me what happens. Basically, what we can say is that James Lucino is a great writer. He is. He has this Tolkien-esque way of writing descriptive scenes such as space battles. He must be a big fan of uh, World War II and war uh, kind of Ethics. tactical uh, tactics that's right, and stuff like that. Because the way he describes the, the battles are really good. However, the problem is that he goes from the battle to the Jedi to the Alliance, back to the battle, back to the Jedi, and back and forth and back and forth and back But and that, forth. That was like that, the for was all like that. Uh, throughout the MGO <laughs> series. That's it was it. like that. They always cut. They always cut between. They give you a short segment and they go on to the next story. Because they yeah, have but so much the, stuff the, to discuss. The problem with the, uni- the unifying force is that he was he kept on rolling the wheel chapter after chapter. There was, I believe, uh, one chapter that followed another one. That's it. And I would have wanted more. You know, I, but, but I'm, that, not saying, you, I'm not saying. If you read all the books, you know that that was the style of the whole yeah, book. Okay. Every it's author it's took yeah. that. That didn't. Well, that didn't came out to me in, in the final prophecy as much because Don't the final prophecy <laughs> was eight, was concentrated like traitor. Yeah, but neither in Vector Prime or uh, Rune or 
But uh, don't expect they a, were a book separated in two, like in the two towers, a portion with the. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I don't want that either okay. because the two towers was the longest freaking book I ever <laughs> had to read. Okay, <laughs> and I found it to be the boringest book I had to read. To read, but the unifying force was fun in that way that you see like. Here and there, but I'd like to see like three chapters no of the man. Jedi, three chapters of the it's of because the you can't do that because they're interacting. Yeah. It's a Star Wars style. It's a you know, in meanwhile, the, in the movie, you got exactly. a scene. Oh, you shift to the other scene and you shift back and you shift. It, it's very cinematic. Yeah. Yes. Because that's what Star Wars is. It's yeah. a movie. Yeah. They, it is. They try to do this. However, I believe I do believe that James Lucino did a great job depicting the space battle because I could see it. The, the fights, maybe not the space battle were a little hard to I. Personally, uh, get a hold on, but the the, the, the fights, the close fight uh, in one system, not going back and forth. But the, yeah, that's right. Uh, basically, what happens is that uh, the Yuz and Vong are planning an attack on Mon Calamari, yeah. and the uh, alliance, the Galactic Alliance, is planning uh, to retake Coruscant. To retake Coruscant. However, oh boy. they want to keep their their, f- their their stand at Mon Cal at the same time. So everyone is like coming together, and it, it, it's really funny because at one point you you see Luke saying, "It re- it really took the Yuz and Vong to have the, all the galaxy coming up together as one," <laughs> which is true because all the huts are actually helping out uh, the apes, <coughs> the, the apes, the, the chess, the remnant, yeah. the remnant of the uh, of the empire is, is helping. Chess show show up. Yeah, some chess show oh up. Boy, it's really really. Uh, other freaky. than um, no, Jag I, no, Squadron. I, no, I don't think. Yeah, there were some chess. Yeah. Yep. That will out of Jag, Jag, Jag actually flew a chess squadron for. Uh, okay. Yes, first, he did. Uh, he he, he fl- he's flown that since <laughs> he um, started, since he arrived in the known galaxy. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm talking about East. He had a squadron. He's had yeah, a squadron since beginning. Yeah. In any case, uh, so what happens is that they say, "Well, we're going to be putting." Uh, because of course in, do in, diversion, in the final yeah. in the final prophecy the Olenet went down and every time they try to set up another uh, Outpost, buoy, uh, buoy they, yeah. it gets eaten by one of those freaking stupid Yusen <laughs> Von creatures Yichina that's right and um, so they, they actually have two planets where they want to stage their battle where they know that the Yusen Von could actually like go back if there were in any problems yeah. of something happening which are Kalula that sounds a lot like a drink for the coffee, Kalua, <laughs> and <laughs> and just a little bit, just a little bit, and the uh, Tungul or something like that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure about the pronunciation Tungul, uh, the other planet. But basically, Nashoka decides not to go back from these routes, but to go straight by the, straight straight back to Coruscant uh, by the Perlimian route, the the traders route. So, Kefre is like. What the hell just happened? <laughs> and of course, meanwhile at Kalua, they had uh, they had actually dis- they had they had destroyed the Yamask over there with Alpharad, yeah. and they actually had sent a team at Tungle to do the same with the the Yamask over there. I don't know. We we don't know whatever happened at Tungle really, mm-hmm. because we never hear, hear back from uh, from them afterward. But uh, what happens is that Zonomasekat comes back. I'd the say galaxy. two yeah. fingers, two fingers too close of Carson, yeah. and uh, big problems occur. And Nastroka like really comes back, and he just says, "Okay, now we have the living world right in front of us. What, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> we send the contaminated <coughs> Alpha Red ship right through it. It's basically what yeah. do we do? Do we actually a fight it 
and go against the, the gods and telling us that the fact that it's a living world and all in all or uh, do we don't fight it and like stand down or something and Shimra and Animi decided actually to send a second ship to Zona Masekat the, the, the Alpharet second ship yeah. and uh, never actually made it through to, to, uh, the ship to ship. fight the gods to second Zona Masekat yeah so Shimmer actually played this game well because he actually no, no it's not Shimmer it's Oni <laughs> yeah right. yeah but through the, mo- through the mouth of Shimmer managed to actually say you know the, the gods have turned against us let's all pray for the trickster god and uh, hope that uh, we win against the other gods <laughs> <laughs> yeah good job dude <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid yeah but the thing is that there was so going back and forth in between Kalua and Moncal and Moncal Extreme Jump Point yeah. and Coruscant and uh, Mas- Masake or what was the uh, the the actual like okay, yeah. uh, the, the the little planet just in between Coruscant and uh, what was it uh, Muscave right, are you saying that it's confusing yes that's basically it <laughs> I, I wouldn't just say it's confusing bit. because if you if you keep if you keep reading it like slowly enough you'll actually picture where they are mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't look at, uh, look at the map and I, I, I really believe that Muscovy was a little bit further than that no, but from they, 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 they jump. this is the Coruscant system that's right so they jump between uh, I think uh, Muscov and Stenta they jump right there so it that's was right. close but it wasn't in near Coruscant no it wasn't near, near, near proximity yeah. in any case um, they actually and at the same time, they were they decided to take back uh, what was the name of that planet, Coralag, or yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, it was Coralag. They decided to take back with Wedge, and they managed to do so. Um, <coughs> great. I mean, uh, that's that's great. But it gets a little bit messed up, a little bit like Pulp yeah. Fiction, like uh, space battles, yeah. if you'd like. Oh, and going back to Boba Fett and, and his Mandalorian. That's right. He so saves the day. Yeah. He, uh, say, but they're just saving the deal. We learned that he liberated some world from the Yuuzhan with his team. So with his Mandalorian teams, the Mandalorians saved the, the world. Mandalorians were all dead. Yeah, but uh, s- people, pe- people with Mandalorian armor. So he mu- it's either it's either clones. Maybe he found some uh, some some. Uh, hey, Dad. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> He's sixty hey, years old. <laughs> he <laughs> went back to Camino. <laughs> yeah. You still got that genetic file. <laughs> and that's it. I need them tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we can do that in an hour. <laughs> yeah. Three clones to go, please. <laughs> so, but basically, um, great book all in all. But there's one thing that really shout out to me, and that was really like pissing me off in a way. Uh, James Lucino gives a list of names at the beginning of the book. And he says thank you to this author and this author and that author and Sue and Shelley and thank you to all those guys and all. But the one person he doesn't thank is Kevin J. Anderson. And all throughout the book, you see him using Kevin J.'s Anderson glimpse of, you know, books. Either it's from the Jedi Academy, either it's from the Tales of the Jedi. I mean... The unifying force. Yeah, but he created all the young Jedi. So if if you, we That's have it. to, those those characters are now the main characters. Yeah. So you have to use it. He doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But I mean, if you take a look at at the the past of the uh, at all of the NGO series, what you can see is basically the weapon of the month after weapon of the month after weapon of the month <laughs> after weapon of the month after weapon of the month, and all you see is people from Kevin J's series dying most of the time. Well, well. 
what else are you gonna kill? He created half of them. <laughs> I know. And so, so don't kill. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not contradicting that. And in the unif- in the unifying force, James Lucino, who was a walking uh, encyclopedia, as you said, was really cool because you know the beginning of the book, the the Falcons in trouble. As soon as I was uh, as I was looking to that, I was like Jedi Academy. That's the Jedi Academy trilogy by, by Kevin Jenderson <laughs> again, <laughs> and I really hated the fact that it started with the Falcon in trouble because I, I hate the fact to see that the Falcon is in trouble. <laughs> I cannot bear that. <laughs> Falcon is the best ship in the world. Yes, the galaxy. In the galaxy, the strongest, at least the fastest. I, don't, the I fastest. don't remember how much, uh, how often it got rebuilt. <laughs> it yes. must be incredible. It, it must be entirely new parts by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And basically, uh, there were some other glimpses, you know, by they're gonna, the, the, the Galactic Alliance says we're gonna take Coruscant by these, these, and these routes. And one of the routes they mention is the, the route of the Empress Theta system, which was the Empress Theta is one of the systems that were brought to us in the Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Kevin J. again. Kevin J. again, as one of the first uh, worlds to meet up with uh, the. But I'm glad <laughs> that some of, some of the scholar Jedi. We'll go back to Ozus. Yes, that was and that Ozus, was nice. Ozus is also a, a, a planet of uh, Kevin, Kevin Janderson in the Tales of the Jedi again. Uh, I'm really glad to see they're going back to they're going back they, to they Ozus. I just love that. First. Yeah, that's it. I it's I can understand the fact with the um, the entire thing with uh, Yavin Null, but I I'm really glad they just did the f- the thing with Ozus. And I like the way that uh, Danny is going to be going. No, not Danny, but Yon is going to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> Danny Kui okay. is going to be staying with the the Yuzhenfang on Zona Masikat, which Zona Masikat is going to go back to Mobis in the in the in the Badlands. Let's call them that way. Unknown uh, regions. regions. Because they're not they're not that unknown anymore, are they? Well, there there still are some parts that are unknown, they're which unmapped. is really great for me because my alt my alt world planet, which is very much similar to <laughs> Zona Masikat, strangely enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is somewhere out there. <laughs> no, seriously, that's really fan fiction. That's, yeah, yeah, that's really freaky. <laughs> it's basically something like that, like Zanamasikat. Another seed. Yeah. Who knows? I'm actually thinking of something like that. I'm bringing it back and something like that. Um, the other thing that's that's nice is to see Tion going back to Ozus and becoming like more of a scholar uh, Jedi. I just can't wait to see what's going to happen with that. Well, I like the fact that now Jedi must learn. A lot by themselves. Yes. And do the will so of the force. So it's back to the roots. Yeah. yeah. And you know, at the end of the book, you see this like uh, they will live happily ever after, and all in all. And uh, Luke, Luke, Luke and Mara, yeah. Luke, Luke and Mara are finally taking some vacation. Uh, Han and Leia are finally taking some vacation. They actually managed to get the two Nagri who are following them like shadows off their feet. And Lumpy and Lobaka comes in and say, you know, now that all the war is finished and all, we're going to be honoring our fa- my, my father's uh, life debt to you and we're going to be like following you everywhere. And so he's like, oh, come on, we just want to get vacations here. Can we just please be alone for <laughs> just like two months? <laughs> please, two weeks, two hours, yeah. <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> but it's really yeah. funny. And their relationships. The, the relationships are really interesting, but one thing is really fun is that it's the 20th anniversary of marriage of Anne and Leia yeah. at the end of the uni- Unifying Force. Oh, boy. 20th century. No, no don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. No crazy theory. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Why would... 20th no. century is nothing to them. It's only distribution. All, all the, all the, actu- all the actual... Um, book is taking glimpse at other books and it's really cool 
and you can see that through all the book. It's it's incredible, all the references and all. Uh, the uh, the actual uh, relationships in between uh, Jason and Danny Kui doesn't it's evolve kind that of much. Up, yeah. But there's one thing that happened, one event that happened at the end of the book, where Jason has this vision just before he goes to the final battle that he's gonna drop. Well, he's not gonna be able to catch a light, the Anakin's lightsaber. And uh, that was from his vision in balance point also. <laughs> That's it. And um, he actually doesn't manage to catch it, but still managed to save to save Jaina. And uh, he, uh, Danny Kui, Mara actually threw Anakin's lightsaber to her afterward, and Danny Kui missed the the catch. The and same one. Anakin's saber is now lost somewhere in the under. Uh, no, I think they, I think they they, br they brought it up. Uh, no, during yes, they during do. reconstruction, they, they, they oh find it and they put it on Chewbacca's statue yeah. on case. In the in the oh, in great yeah. then. So, see, that's what that's what reading diagonally does to you. <laughs> but basically, uh, yeah. But basically, she 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 loses the grip the grip as well. Mm. Uh, Jason is the one who becomes entrusted with the almighty, powerful force that is only one unifying force, yeah. and not. But he doesn't want to teach anybody. That, that's he it. He just wants to be alone. And, and he understands that he's probably not going to feel that ever again, although he's going to consecrate all his life to f trying to do that again. Yeah. And uh, Danny is actually the one chosen by Zonama Sekat to be... Uh, with Tairi. Yeah. To, to go back with the planet <laughs> to um, Mobius. Well, Danny Kui is actually the, the, on the one chosen by Zonama Sekat to actually... Uh, talk. That's the first person she talks to when she comes back. Yeah, to build the the Sikotan ships that's with it. the weapons and, and the Dovin like Basil, which is really interesting. And of course, you have Jaina and Jag. Yeah. And uh, Jaina goes like, you know, Jag, I really like you, and uh, I don't think I'm quite ready right now to settle down and have kids and stuff like that because I don't want to do like Mara and my mother did to to me. Uh, I want to give time to my kids, so I want to do my life. I want to still be a star pilot. I, I'm going to give you a little secret. I'd probably like to become uh, some kind of a diplomat, and uh, you know, being on the council, on the advisory council of the, with the Galactic Alliance with Luke and all the other guys. And uh, he says, "Well, I'm a diplomat now. <laughs> I've been promoted." <laughs> So that's going to be a. I, I'm I'm guessing that's a on enough relationship. That's a to be continued yeah. in the trade name trilogy, but. To be quite honest, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, Jag being a male, me being a male, I can tell you patience is definitely a virtue, <laughs> but sometimes a man can definitely get tired. <laughs> but I think they will see each other a couple of times. So, being di diplomats. You That's know. right. But it was a really long book to get into, as, as Kit said. Uh, it took me at least half the book to actually start getting into it. Then I finally got into it. I, I got into the first yeah. part, but then it kind of dropped off That's after it. they rescued the refugees, and it was just kind of lagging, and I just didn't pick it up, didn't okay. continue. No. Yeah, so read with Star Wars music on the background. You will love it. I have tried it. <laughs> it puts you in the mood. It's more I cinematic. was reading with music in the background, and at one point there was a star fight uh, with... Uh, then Jaina I fall asleep though. With Jaina, <laughs> with Jaina and, uh, and, and uh, some some of the uh, the new uh, 
the new Slayer's Warrior, yeah. the new weapon of the month, yeah. <laughs> we may say. And uh, they basically were. I was listening to the music of 99 Red Balloons, which really went with the. That, the doesn't, actual that, that doesn't fit at all. <laughs> no, but I'd so see, you know, like a Jedi going with 99 Red Balloons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the show, that Come would be on. so cool. <laughs> okay. I take a coffee before reading so I don't fall asleep after a day's work. Coffee Boy. doesn't help me, sadly well, enough. Well, Saturday I was going to... Okay, I'm going to read this now. So I, I, I had been at work. I get home. I eat my lunch. I go up to my room. Lie down on my bed. Bam. Uh, op- open up the book. And just One paragraph. Half a page. Boom. I was gone. <laughs> I slept till 4 o'clock. <laughs> it's because of the... There's too much details. For some people, it really can be bad. There's really a lot of details. I could almost just in, read in the, the dialogue. And I'd rather I'd rather be like reading the dialogue. I had no problems, but all the details and all it's like, and the yellow striped, blue, and green X-wing starfighters S foils were open. It's like, and it was an XJ3, okay. not an XJ2. That's yeah. right. And you know, there's like the B wing right next to it. To, Oh, come on, with the little stars on the wings, and oh, please stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very nice, but um, I'll pass. Yeah. <coughs> so, uh, now, uh, how did you like the Angiosiri as a whole? Oh, boy. I loved it. I, I, re- I really, like I started when I was, I guess I was 14. <coughs> I guess, yeah, I was 14. I started reading, and I loved it. Every 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 time the new book was coming out, I was looking for it a week ahead, trying to get it first, trying yeah. to getting a little bit ahead. Yeah, same thing for me. I think it's the best series out there right now. Right now, they probably will be beaten somehow. Well, the best Star Wars series. Yeah. No. Yeah, best Star Wars series of including trilogies and everything. Yeah, that's right. It was the longest, and it was well. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, there's always been this uh, this kind of mountain that was that that was being escalated by Lucas licensing and Lucas books and all the bad guys. You know, the Zero and the guys in the New Rebellion and all these things. And <coughs> there were never a, a true villain. There was never a real beside Tron, maybe bad bad villain beside Tron that really like you know stood step and that was really who, who did like who went toe to toe with the yeah. with the new republic yeah. and really yeah. even even Emerald Dalla which I find sad that she's not in that in that se- in the the NGO series but I can understand that there's too much Kevin Joe <laughs> already that's it <laughs> <laughs> who knows trilogy uh, but what what I'm saying basically is um, I really loved the uh, what I read of the uh, NGO series uh, I'm glad I, wrote, I, I read the Time Tales instead of reading some of the books, uh, because all you no, guys you're not glad out on the good you're stuff. You're not glad. All, all you guys told me about you have basically to go everything kay. that was important. After Balance Point, you start after Balance Point and you go all the way up to um, the Final Prophecy. You love it. Yeah. Well, you see, the the Star Wars New Jedi Order series was a series of that was supposed to be 29, 21 One, books 20, in the beginning. One. And 21. <coughs> Now it's it actually was toned down to 19 books with a couple of e-books and mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Yeah, Michael Friedman trilogy canceling. That's right. And Mike, uh, Michael uh, is no, great. Yeah, great. Great coming in do two books. The Edge. That's right. Uh, I really enjoyed those. Edge of Victory. Yeah, but there were really uh, 
exploring the Yuzanvan culture. That that yeah, was needed. That, that was really interesting. But after the NGO series, what's going to be happening? And I don't There's like be such a lack. I I'm gonna be like I'm gonna get to ju- I'm gonna get to January, March, February, and I'm just gonna because <gasps> I need because I don't think the Clone Wars series will no. match Angel no. far from it. I, I, I'm gonna I, tell I you, I'm gonna make a little like I can't get into the Clone rant, Wars. A little comparison here, and I don't want anybody to take it badly because I don't mean it badly. But seriously, that's about where we are. Take 9/11 and compare it to the Yuuzhan Vong. That's about what it is. You know what's going to top off 9/11? There was another uh, another example you you, d- uh, you mentioned with 9/11, and uh, uh, there was another example in, no, in the French room. No, uh, you gave 9/11 and another example. How how will that top? Uh, no, basically it's like 9/11. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing that can really top okay. 9/11 to scare people off. Okay. And uh, you know, and Alpha Red I was it. Yeah, and alf, you know, that's an alpha red. Nothing can actually top that mm-hmm. really that much. Uh, you, you mentioned that the, in the post NGO series, we yeah. might see Alfred coming that back out. That, that was one of my, <laughs> my theory. You know, the ship is now in deep space somewhere. Someone might yeah. encounter it and spread the virus. Well, it was sent into the sun. It was, it was sent. sent it to was the sent. I, I He says, "I sent it into the." S- he says he gets rid of all all, all the virus they do have and the, ju- and the blueprints okay the blueprints yes but the but ship still. the contaminated use, uh, ship with the slayers and the last shaper that well was it was it's going to disintegrate yeah it's probably yeah. going to die anyway but because it's going to disintegrate but you know, in anyway, vacuum maybe Ansolu is contaminated Leia they're, yeah, yeah. they're just the, the intelligence said they're not contaminated but who, who, knows? who really knows and you know, you know uh, they could <laughs> just be hosts and you know uh, in the post-NGO trilogy threatening what you mentioned the antagonists were mm, different. And there's this little hesitation right there. It's like they're mm, different. You know, it's... Well, that's what they said for the long, long, no? It It's not that it cannot be topped off. It can. It, you can all, you, there's always something... Worse. Worse. Yeah. But uh, uh, what biggest enemy could you have than a virus? Try to it's stop that. ultimate killing yeah. machine. That's Try right. to stop a virus from spreading in the galaxy. There you go. And we're looking into 24 now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that, that's, 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 that's what you were the, saying. The third series, the third series of 24. The third season of 24. Yeah, third season. Yeah. I, I really <coughs> enjoyed the NGO. It was a lot of fun, but I don't think that um, Clone Wars is anything near. No, the Clone Wars. I really, I really like the animated series. Having a lot of fun with it. It's really I think the fun and yeah. cute, and I think the fact that they put. They put uh, in different medium, you know, uh, cartoon, yeah, kind of uh, like they did with the comics the and novel. That's a great marketing idea, but but I don't think uh, readers will like it, or I I, I don't like it personally. I would I, I I'd love to have only novels. I, I I'd actually like to have it only on the cartoon, only, only cartoons, cartoons, but better cartoons and longer cartoons, maybe. Not really. I I find that I showed them to my little brother, and he just didn't get into it. I think I. That's the problem. What it's we're only thinking for about hardcore. Well, in terms of cartoon, I'm thinking more like made by ba- by mainframe, like reboot. That would be really cool, but uh, I don't see it happening. That would be something really, really terrific. The uh, production costs <laughs> associated with doing something with mainframe are very high. Yes. Whereas if you were to do like three minute shorts that they do, they're cheap. Yeah. Even though animation is expensive, 
you don't have to pay the actors, the voice actors, very much because they're un- they're no yeah. names. They're not even credited. Yeah, but that that's a great idea if you do uh, an an animated series with Ancelo and Luke Skywalker. If you pay enough, you could have the voice of Harrison Ford and the voice. Maybe yeah. I'm just said, yeah, you got to pay a lot. Yeah. As he said, if you pay enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but do does it really matter? Are you is everyone? But if you, it is a, it could work both That's ways. It, boy. You can you can put a phrase together. <laughs> Go for it. But if you put if you put Harris, if you say Harrison Ford is in it, then you'll get a lot of people that won't outside of Star Wars that'll really be interested. Verb noun compliment. That's. <laughs> I didn't go to English school. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Did anyone here? No. No. <laughs> Which is really bad. So that's about it. I give it a 9 out of 10. How did you... I personally rate it at a 7 out of 10. Okay. And, uh... From what I read, 7.5. Because I like the parts that they <laughs> did explain, but then there are parts that just... Yeah. I wanted more. I think I it should it. have been a duology. The concept of the Force... I don't think being so. ...being one they unifying Force... Uh, no more dark side, no more light side. Luke going back to Osis and saying, you know, just like, go learn on your own. I think that's something really great. I love that concept. I've been a great Jedi for a long time now. At least saying I was. <laughs> and uh, I really like that concept of the Force. Um, it goes again with the crazy theory loop. I'll <laughs> refer you to the past episode of the, uh, the, 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 the crazy theory I had. On the, the uh, unifying f- the, the the unifying force being the episode three reference, but um, <coughs> post NGO series, what I see, what I would like to see it start with, and would be really great to actually start with, is funerals of Luke Skywalker. On I just five years. What is he like? Sixty five. Come on, like how old did Yoda live? Yeah, but almost nine hundred. Okay, wait, wait. He's not the same wait. species, but at least come on, give the guy at least hundred years. A, he's not like Yoda. B, um, what are you have him he die? was poisoned during the battle against Shimra, and now. Oh, you think that they're setting up something? Maybe death. Uh, are you? Are they going to have him die off screen? No, I would no, be no, so no. insulted. Well, he could. He could be dying. Oh, die by a virus? Are you serious? The, the champion of the galaxy <laughs> yeah. being killed by a virus. Why that would not? be so insulting. Hey. George, I don't think George would let it go through. Chewbacca? George, moon? George. That's all I have to say. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was honorable. It took, him a, it took a moon to bring the guy down. Okay. He was in action. Do, uh, exactly. okay. He was you, not laying in the bed. Do you, exactly. you want me to settle this? Okay. Hey, I'm the, George I'm will here. not <laughs> let it go through. You want, I don't think he you will. You want me to settle this? No, I'll sell no, this no, right no. now. Hey, by the way, Akbar's dead. There you go. Yeah, but Akbar <laughs> was an essential character. He was a secondary character in For Return God of the sake, Jedi. He was a hero of the Battle of Andor. And he for some weird unknown reason, they decide to actually bury him on Cursant of all planets. <laughs> that was weird. I'll give you that. That doesn't make sense. The ceremony was on Coruscant, but was the. I hope they sent him back to. Moncal. To Moncal. I mean, please. Let him become like chef. Anyway, for fish. I don't. <laughs> I think we'll see Luke in the post NGO series, but it won't. It, he won't have a central role, obviously, because his time is is. I think Han Leia and uh, Lando. <laughs> They're too old to be the the heroes exactly. now. Exactly. And when they had the toast at the end of the series, when the all the old the old uh, uh, rebel heroes, that's the end the, for them. Yeah. They're, they're done. 
their their wedge and uh, reg, Talon card. And yeah. Um, Wales, yeah. And Tilly's. Uh, the, the Red Star Destroyer booster. Booster. That's right. They're all, they're oh, the old guys. Get, yeah, it's over now for for them. They're I like retiring. the I like the little glimpse at uh, Lando asking Wedge, how much grease did it took to did it took you to fit back into an X wing? <laughs> half half as least that it took me back when we when the war began. Yeah. I just loved that. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> you know, but Lando, I think we will see him again. Oh, he, of course, you will see him again. He, he has, he has, he has to have make. a son. Yeah, he has to have a son, and there has to be someone from the the Skywalkers or the Solo family who has a a, a little girl, and the son has to like courtship the girl. So that so that. Lando can marry into the Skywalker Solo clan? Yes. By default. By default? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But you know, Lando, as <coughs> you said, he, he, Lando already has a plan for making money with the. the Lando's the man. <laughs> yeah, Lando with, always has with a the, plan. With the unknown region now, you know, rebuilding or some. I don't remember yeah. exa- the line exactly. That's right. Well, well smart. right now we're going to go to another audio excerpt of uh, the the final no not the final prophecy but the unifying force by James Lucino. Uh, we had uh, we're going to listen to Bofet. Yeah, Bofet is live, and uh, Luke versus Shimmer is only two minutes forty five. Yeah, put it afterward. We're going to be listening to those two audio excerpt. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking to you back in about five minutes. And, of course, we're going to have our dear friend, uh, Nathan Butler, on the line with us. Yeah. So, I'll talk to you later on Star Wars on Direct. The fatal volley was coming from halfway down the corridor, where half a dozen soldiers were crouched, kneeling and thrown on the deck. They wore pinch-cheeked helmets that were as domed as an R2 unit, bisected by horizontal viewplate strips and surmounted by flag-like targeting rangefinders. Their gray uniforms were exoskeleton by blast dissipation vests, forearm gauntlets, knee pads, armor mesh gloves, and alloy boots with zero-g grip soles. They were armed with blaster rifles, handguns, combat knives, rocket dart launchers, and whatever else might have been hiding in the alloy utility pouches affixed to their broad belts. A weapon system all his own. The leader wore a combination jetpack and anti-personnel missile launcher, and his belt was red. Catching sight of Han, the trooper tendered a distinctive fingertip salute before hurrying off. Fett? Han managed. Fett? Leia shook her head in refusal. It can't be him. Anyone could be inside that armor. Han nodded his head in agreement. That's got to be it. Besides, I mean, even if it is him, he was probably trying to kill me, not save me. Han, Leia, C-3PO, and the surviving Kalula soldiers stepped over the bodies of the Yuzhan Vong and raced after the troops in Mandalorian armor, who had already moved off. Finished. Three skips converging on us. Leia glanced at him. It's our old friends. Han's eyes darted to the authenticator screen. The ones that tracked us from Selvaris? What is this, a personal vendetta? One of the curved-tailed, tandem-piloted coral skippers appeared in the wraparound viewport, coming straight at the Falcon. Take the shot, Han said into the intercom. Singularities formed in advance of the approaching skip, but sheer firepower overwhelmed them, and the vessel came apart in roiling fire. 
Catman is really getting good, Leia said. Han shook his head negatively. That wasn't him. He leaned back in his seat to glance through the upper panes of the viewport. A classic fire spray class security patrol craft shot overhead. A cross-shaped ship affixed to an oval engine suite. It was followed by four gladiators, so named because they looked like swords thrust to the hilt through circular shields. It is Fett, and he's clearing a lane for us, Han snorted. Just like him to make sure he has the upper hand on a debt. Incoming transmission, Leia said. From the fire spray. Boba Fett's voice crackled through the calm. Just wanted to remind you, Solo, that my personal fight was always with the Jedi. You were nothing more than cargo. Han snorted. For what it's worth, Fett, you were never more than a nuisance. Fett laughed shortly. To better days, Captain. Count on it. But now, monstrous in aspect and power, Shimra hovered over Luke like a rancor. Lunging, the thick, three-meter-long ampistaff wound itself around Luke's torso, pinning his right arm and lightsaber hilt to his side. The green blade aimed at the floor. Just in time, Luke managed to get his left hand grip on the snake's uppermost coils and avert the head as it loosed volumes of venom at him. Jason summoned his strength and crawled frantically for his lightsaber. Calling it to his right hand, he sent it hurtling through the air at Shimra's head. The Supreme Overlord raised his left hand in a parry. Then, with Jason's lightsaber spinning off toward the throne, he reached into the folds of his hidecape and extracted a lightsaber. With a flourish, he activated it. A violet blade shot forth with a familiar snap hiss. Jason recognized it immediately. Anakin's lightsaber. Weapon of the Solo we killed at Merkur. Shimra said, his eyes shifting through colors as the energy shaft thrummed. Conveyed to Yuzhantar by the traitor Vergier, wielded by the Jedi Gunner against so many of my warriors, retrieved when he died and brought to me, and now yours to confront, so that you may know what my warriors experience at Zonama Seacraft, forced to fight against other living vessels. Jason was too stunned to respond, too disheartened to move. Shimra waved the blade close to Luke's head. The Supreme Overlord reared back to gloat. One thrust and the deed is done! Then, all at once, Anakin's lightsaber flew from Shimra's grip into Luke's left hand. Through his long sense, Jason could feel Shimra's astonishment and dismay. In a motion almost too swift for Jason's eyes to follow, Luke slit the throat of Shimra's amphistaff. As its coils began to relax, he sliced his own lightsaber blade upward, cutting the amphistaff's body into segments. As a horrified Shimra leaned forward, as if to vice his huge hands around Luke's neck, Luke crossed the blades and shoved them upward toward Shimra's neck. The blades burned clean through. Shimra's decapitated head dropped to the floor with a loud thud, and his body crumbled. Luke hauled himself out from under the Supreme Overlord's body and collapsed against the wall. Shayna, he said weakly, switch. Oh, and that's right, people. You'll have to read the book to know the ending. 
<laughs> this is really teasing of you, you know. You I know, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we're on the air now. Whoa, this thing is moving and making my voice sound even weirder. <laughs> we're back on the air with Nathan Butler from StarWarsFanWorks.com. Uh, how you doing, Nathan? I'm doing good. Doing good. Great. Uh, so, what did you think of the unifying force? Honestly, um, it wasn't what I necessarily expected, but I really enjoyed it. Um, honestly, I would say I think that that should be the story that's like the end. If Star Wars, you know, is gonna, if they're gonna make new books and stuff, in my opinion, they shouldn't be having Denning do a trilogy or something like that set afterwards. They should end it with it because I think the book itself was, it was, it was, it was well written. It wasn't really. You know, it wasn't really anything spectacular. It, it tied up all the loose ends. It kept us from having a a, a super weapon. It's like Zonama Seacott didn't wind up being a super weapon that just blows everybody away. Um, it worked kind of like the Death Star was supposed to, the idea of, you know, instilling fear or instilling, you know, paranoia or whatever. But, uh, I mean, the story was, was, was pretty good. It was nice to see everything in. But then that last few chapters, for those of you who haven't read it, the last few chapters, when you when you get to the point where you're like, wait a second, you know, the battle's over. Why am I still reading? Keep reading. You know, the, those last the last few chapters for me would have made not only just a good ending to the New Jedi Order, but that should could or should have been the end of Star Wars storytelling going at least going forward into the future. That'd be a perfect end cap. Hmm. I don't totally agree with you on that. However, I have to say that up to chapter number 43. James Lucino had now fallen into the Barbara Hamley and Catty Tires for me, which is really bad. <laughs> and then I read the le- I, I diagonally read the last three chapters, and I was just reading like some paragraphs, and I was like, "Damn, he redempted himself," <laughs> and he got like the real the nice shot from those three chapters. You have to read the last three chapters. Yeah, Lucino's kind of a he's an odd pick for Star Wars. It seems to me. It seems like. You know, people people always are saying, well, Lucino, you know, if you had Daily writing the radio drama, then definitely you got to have Lucino. Um, and I grew up reading, uh, the, actually the first novels that I ever read and really read in depth um, that got me really into reading novels and stuff was the Robotech novels. Mm-hmm. It was written by supposedly Jack McKinney, but that's just the pen name for Daily and Lucino. And I thought, you know, this could be great. This guy would be awesome writing Star Wars and everything. And then he writes, um, oh, he wrote... Uh, uh, my mind is, is blank. Well, he wrote the, the Agents of Chaos stuff, and then he wrote his little uh, prequel, not Cloak of Deception. And it just, it's like I looked at that, and I was like, you know, this guy, just, his writing style just doesn't usually appeal to me. But I think for Lucino, he really, like, focused his writing a little bit more into the Star Wars-y kind of feel and everything. And I would say that this is probably the best of his Star Wars work so far. Which, I mean, I mean, that may be like being valedictorian at summer school, but, um, you know, it's still it's still a pretty good, you know, a, a, a fairly good read for me, you know, and especially just being able to say, okay, now we're done. We don't have to wait another few months for the next set or the next one or the next one. But that was part of the fun for me. I really enjoyed waiting for the next one, <laughs> speculating and waiting, because I knew there was another one coming, and it was, like, comfortable. I always knew that I was going to get my next Star Wars fix, and the next one would come out, and I'd get another Star Wars fix, like a drug. But now I'm gonna have to wait till like 2005. They found the vein of the, the fandom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like 
it, I like this mainly because it had the same feel. I mean, not necessarily story-wise, but but structurally, it had that Babylon Five feel to it. It was more Babylon Five than it was Star Trek. And I, I mean, I could rant forever about the whole situation where uh, Paramount ripped off a whole bunch of the original pilot script of Babylon Five for Deep Space Nine. Won't go into that, but. Um, <laughs> If, if you just compare, I mean, you compare, say, Deep Space Nine and Babylon 5, you've got two series that are basically the same general premise. You know, you've got your big war with the, with the mystical enemy and all this stuff. You've got a hero who's a religious figure, all this kind of stuff. But Babylon 5 sets it up as a very structured, you know, this event must happen at this year mark, and it's going to fill in the gaps. And Deep Space Nine seemed to just kind of keep going until they decided, okay, yeah, it's about time to quit. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like, for the most part, it's been like, oh, we're just going to keep going and throwing out more challenges at these people until we get tired of it. But then the new Jedi Order, but that Star Trek structured thing, you know. So I don't know. I don't, I'm like I said, I think that should have been the end of it. But obviously, you know, they're not going to be the ones consulting me. So <laughs> I don't think it should be the end. This there's there's never enough. There's not enough detail in this book for it to be the end. I think there's an awful lot so of details, N- not the but details that I want. But they're not the details we wanted to see. That's the thing. And what I like about the the ending of the Unifying Force is that it gets you to make your own reflections on the Force right. itself. And for those for those of us, and I'm going to speak generally for those of us who actually believe in the Force here, uh, I think it. For those of you who were actually believers of the light side and the dark side and all that. It will have you know you thinking about what what's happening right now. You know the, your world must be in this balance, and I'm so sad for you guys. <laughs> Told you the great Jedi w- would rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it. it I, I guess it's not so much that I think this should be. I mean, the final story. Because you're right. There's a lot of things that aren't that aren't necessarily tied up that we didn't get to see. But it would seem like this is something that maybe. It's kind of like what they're doing. I keep using analogies. I'm an analogy person, I guess. Um, it's kind of like what they're doing with Farscape. Farscape ended after four seasons, should have gone on to a fifth, and now they've got the fan support. You know, they've they've kicked it up and decided they're going to make a four-hour miniseries to end it. But it's kind of like a very small thing. It's like an end cap to everything else. I mean, I, I could see them doing more stories, but it would ha- it it feels like it's time for. A final. I mean, if there was going to be something final, make it like one final novel that sort of ties up all the real big loose ends and lets it be the end. You know, it's like it, the best thing for me would have been if Kevin J. Anderson um, had been able to go ahead and do the essential chronology the way he had originally talked about, which was doing it as like a Michener-style um, history novel. And then you could have sort of had somebody from the future looking back, telling this story, and that would have made just a perfect end cap, end cap to it. Because at least, at least then it has the feel of, of a a saga. I think it doesn't feel like a saga anymore to me. It doesn't feel like a saga so much as just is this. It's almost like this parallel world. It's like the Jack Ryan novels by Tom Clancy. As long as the character lives, he can write as many novels as he wants. And there's no beginning or end. There's no feel of a finished work until, unless you're just going to go by the guy's birth and death. Star Wars is a saga. The films are going to have a beginning and an end, at least as far as their scope goes. Yes. But the novels don't seem to really mm-hmm. 
have one. I guess Golden Age of the Sith, number zero, would, is the earliest story we've got. But we don't really have anything to kind of close off this end if they say, okay, well, New Jedi Order's done. We're just going to keep the ball rolling with all these more novels. Why does it have to have an end? It just, it, to me, Closure. It, to me a, a story, there's a point at which a story needs to be finished. Because if you keep embellishing a work that has essentially run its course, I'm not saying Star Wars has run its course, um, but if you keep embellishing a, that, a, a, a story that has hit that point, like for instance, um, like we've just had the Yuz and Vong War. What could possibly be a big enough threat to the galaxy on an epic enough scale to, to have the, the impact of that type of conflict for a post-New Jedi Order era? It seems as though, I mean, it, it's the same thing as what they said with the, you know, with the kids being kidnapped every... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, once you've had all these extreme, extreme threats, yeah. it starts to feel a little silly. That's yeah. part of why, um, going back to the Babylon 5 thing, they tried to do a series called um, Legends of the Rangers, where the, in Babylon 5 they defeat the great and powerful shadows, this great, mysterious, ancient race of the most powerful beings out there. <gasps> But, oh, by the way, for this new series we're making, we're going to make a new series of set of aliens who are even worse than the Shadows were. You just didn't happen to hear of them before. Yeah. Kind of like that. I mean, how well, many how many more galaxies scanning? Yeah. Well, I think only if Alpha Red comes back that it could be at least equal to the Yuzang Vong if the galaxy begin to being contaminated or something. But like you said, and like I said in, in my review, the last chapter uh, is really like ending a story. The, the last paragraph, mm -hmm. it's like, it, it just missed the two words, the end, and, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, every, what is it, the uh, every beginning has an end, is what they say for the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah. Now, there's a point where, you have to assume that a story has been told. Because the, uh, the alternative, if they don't ever make an ending, is that, this, the, that there'll still be Star Wars books and comics and everything being published, you know, years and years and years into the future, which a lot of people would see as a good thing. But then instead of ending on a bang, instead of ending on a final note, it just kind of peters out and tapers off. Yeah. Whenever, oh, a company just doesn't renew its contract, or Lucasfilm decides, or Lucas or whoever decides, eh, I think we're done. Mm -hmm. And... They, they, but they do it at, at an inopportune point where you can't end it mm. properly. That's what happened with Farscape. Mm. Farscape got to the end of season four, gigantic cliffhanger, and that was it. Because by the time the order came down saying, sorry, we're, um, we're done, they didn't have a chance to make a proper ending for it, even if they had wanted to. It seems like I don't want to see Star Wars not only just go on just mm. you know into infinity and just kind of taper mm. off, um, I also don't want to see it become. It almost becomes silly. I mean, I mean, think about think back to the Bantam days. I mean, some of those stories were getting pretty amazingly silly back then. Yeah. You know, or, or the comics, Jedi Academy Leviathan. What kind of crap was that? It's just oh, well, here's a here's a story. Let's um, let's just throw a story idea out there. Oh, we got some room to fit it in between the time that. Yeah, they don't really need to rest between battles, and nobody. And they got back to they can they can be healed within a day or two and go off and fight another war. You know? That's it. Yeah. It, it. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like 
there's so mm-hmm. there's so much out there that at least for the periods that have been covered so far, it needs to end soon. But there's a lot of place left to work in, so yeah, there's there, there, there's this there's space between the between the film trilogies, mm-hmm. and you got all kinds of room. You know, maybe around the era of Tales of the Jedi that's yeah. already been set up where they're making video games and stuff yeah. now. But for that post, for that post Return of the Jedi era, it's it, pretty full. I mean, it, yeah. yeah, it's like you know, how many can you eat before you know you just explode? <laughs> well, I want to know about the Yuuzhan Vong because that's what's really I think is really cool about the NGO is that this totally new race. I don't know enough about them. Well, do you think... Here, yeah, twisting the question back around on you guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, on the Yuz and Vong thing, um, would... Do you think there would be enough of an interest among readers to... Like, let's say they want to do a story about the Tuoriel, or however you say his name, and Shimra rising to power and all that stuff. If they want to do, like, a novel trilogy about that... No, not, no interest in me. I would have... I, I would love to know how they settle in, in the Star Wars galaxy. So probably Troy Denning will explain that, but I don't want to learn more than that, you know. Kind of the kind of the Wolverine thing. You want a little bit of mystery with your facts. Yeah, uh, that's right. Gotcha. However, I do admit that I would like personally, uh, and I think you have the same historian kind of blood running through your veins. Uh, you want to know what happens in the past, and I would personally love to see a book on the Yuzen bo- the, the Yuzen Vong's past. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Quirrell was still the supreme uh, overlord. overlord, and he got overthrown by you know uh, cheating and stuff like that. <coughs> yeah, that'd be it'd be interesting. I got that. That gets into. It seems like I mean I keep talking about you know there needs to be an end to the Star Wars. I think Star Wars is going to create its own end because as much as we'd like to think so. You know, the fan audio community is a very small subset of the fan production community, which is a very small subset of the vocal internet fan community, which is a very small subset of, you know, all the people who actually are into Star Wars and are buying the books. You know, the sales numbers for the people who prowl the message boards, you know, we tend to think, yes, we are the mighty. We speak out on the message boards. There are many of us, so they should listen to us. You know, no. The sheer amount of people who buy these books who never touch, you know, Internet discussion boards and stuff is is huge. Yeah, most definitely. L- like we said off the air at the beginning of the show, most of the po- mo- most of the people don't go to Star Wars fan boards. They they just don't go to websites. Yeah, they're just they're and just they damn well should. <laughs> and fans are not going. Just regular fans of the films, in my opinion, from what you know, from what I've talked to with with you know people that I like at conventions and stuff. Um, like at Dragon Con, fans aren't going to just randomly come by and see a book that says The Adventures of Ben Skywalker <laughs> and pick it up and go, cool! Because they have no idea, they have no con- concept of who this Ben Skywalker character he is. is. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a point after the films, and it, or I guess after the New Jedi Order era, whenever the, the film characters are mm-hmm. too old to really be prancing around doing the galaxy hop and stuff, and there's a point earlier in the past before the prequels that you're, you're, you, as a publisher, yeah. you would completely lose touch with that audience out there that's not yeah. the rabid fan base. You need to have character from the movies some, somehow. Yeah, no, no publisher is going to, to, to set themselves up for low sales numbers. Yeah. Yet, you know? 
Well, uh, we'll uh, let you go on that. We have a lot more to cover. <laughs> I probably depressed everyone, but that's okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, you were talking about the fan audio community a little bit earlier on. Uh, we also know that uh, you are the host of the Chrono Radio Show, mm -hmm. uh, which will be online later on tonight. So people, right after you finish listening to our show, you can head on to www.starwarsfanworks.com and check out the latest episode of uh, Chrono Radio, which is Chrono Radio number 12. Yep, that's right. It's the 35th overall episode. Great. So we'll talk to you at another time and have another great Nathan's Rumbling. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Okay, we have two emails to write, uh, to read. <laughs> that's it. And uh, I'd like to say hi to Cheetor84 in the, in the, uh, for, in, uh, on the chat right now. Uh, Mainframe uh, fan? Real, yeah, Mainframe fam, fan. Okay, I'm going to start with the longest one, which came from Benjamin Peacock. From StarWarsBook.com? Uh, SWBooks.net. .net. Okay. <coughs> okay, I don't mean to get all nostalgic or sentimental here, but I have to admit, I had a bit teary eyes when I began reading the final chapter of The Unifying Force. Not knowing where the publishers are going to take us next, beyond the Clone Wars, I couldn't help but wonder if this is it and... If the awaited trilogy of Cardening will be the end, I suspect not. But I did entertain the thought, uh, but onwards into the books. In one sentence, this is the kind of Star Wars writing that I love best. Yes, my suspicions that all the questions wouldn't be answered until the last few pages of the last book proved true. But I'm not disappointed. By the way, it was done. I was also concerned about the resolution of a conflict that spanned five years and 19 books, plus a couple of e-books. But it was satisfying. It reminded me a bit of the resolution of Matrix Revolution, where all is not back to the way it was, but rather is changed and healing. The conflict. The conflict. It is true. It's incredibly you true. No, at the end of Matrix, you don't know. Uh, is it finished or not? It's the same feeling in the universe. I felt that was like that was the uh, directors like going, "Oh, uh, maybe we'll make a fourth one. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we're not so. sure." Just like. Put more, put some more money in our in our pocket. Exactly, <laughs> we'll make another one. We can. You know, the conflicts leading up to the end of the war um, are what readers expect and need, not unless than our main heroes fulfilling their destinies and achieve villains meeting noble hands. I mean, you can't read about someone for five years then have them just get blown away uh, errantly in a dogfight. And Lucino does well to meet those sentimental needs, as all good authors do. Oh, by the way, Agbar is dead. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you knew. <laughs> and um, that's it. I have to find a way of that. <laughs> that's it. There's uh, one on the net, I'm sure. As the series had, as has already su surpassed limits before a couple of times, Lucino had me wondering and surprised where I thought I'd be able to predict. This book all also brought back to the surface events from previous books that I thought were, le were left as loose hands. For the last five years, I felt that the others were not connected as well as they should be, and ideas were left alone. I'm actually happy to say I was wrong on that account. An example, the eight car cortex, Jason's balance point vision, and the pivotal role of twins, etc. Another note, the ending paragraph is one of the best I've ever read. And if you haven't read this book, don't ruin it, don't ruin it by going there first. There are very few negative negatives in which I would only speak of the typos in the book. 
I'm also kind of conservative when it comes to Jedi but and the Force, but I'm pleased that the semi-resolution of the debate aroused in this series about the nature of the Force in, in the title. Uh, Jason's total submission to the Force reminded me a lot of Anakin's death in Star by Star, and I still think, based on what we know and don't know about the Jedi disappearing, that Anakin should have anyway. I digress. <laughs> I think the reality that Lucas envisioned to the Force has been stretched too far. But not one thing to hope in the soapbox, I'll just say the series has been entertaining and it has brought too close masterfully. I've come to, li to like Jason and Jaina and kind of gotten tired of all their narrow escapes and close deaths encounter, but of our known heroes. So I look forward to what the Denning trilogy is about, hopefully for readers to see where the galaxy has come since the end of the war and opening up a story arc for the New Jedi Order. Okay. Benjamin, if you ever send us a text again, please put paragraphs in it. <laughs> <laughs> That was the biggest paragraph I've ever had to read. But, um, kind of good points, uh, but... I'm no, I, I so agree to a lot of points. I'm, I'm, st I'm still disappointed by a lot of things, more, more than you, but more than yours. Uh, we also re received uh, another review from uh, Robert Christopher McHugh. On the good side, you have lots of fleet battles with the Vong and the Alliance. Also with the Zona Masikot returning just in the nick of time to save Mon Calamari and the Vong battle groups attacking it. Plus, you have the Solo Twins kicking ass in the capital city of the Vong homeworld, which Nominor lead, with Nominor leading an insurrection against the Supreme Overlord. On a final note, the good things... The Vaughn unite the whole galaxy together against them in the final battle, with the Chiss having their battle fleet in the last major engagement of the war. The few bad things I didn't like about the book were at the very end of it, which was a good thing. The first thing was that Jason Solo didn't get Danny Kui at the end of the series, how lame is that? Then Jaina Solo and Jack Fell didn't get together either. My overall, ra my overall rating of the book is a 9.0, I would have been 10 if the Solo Twins had gotten their girlfriend-boyfriend at the end. Come on now. This is not a soap opera. <laughs> But it is Star Wars. It it's is. a space opera. It's a space opera. <laughs> That's it. Oh, by the way, Agbar is dead. Move the fleet away from the Death Star. <laughs> okay, I found that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We're going to be coming back on that Agbar's death thingy. No. You know, I mean, we had a play uh, made by one of no, our friends. No, but it's a lame death. It's you have to get the sound bites from the uh, well, we Rebel had a play. Strike commercials. We had a play made, yeah. The, yeah. the, the what? The Rebel, Rebel Strike Strikes. commercial. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, we had a play here in Montreal at the... Um, French Festival. The French Festival called Star Wars Survivor. And Agbar died in that play. But he became food for the survivor of the island. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so at least fish. his death was serving to something. Here it's not even the case. <laughs> I mean, please, come on. James Lucino is going to have a lot of explaining to do. But I, I, I hope they, they come back in the first of Troy, Troy Denning's yeah. chapter. Oh, Akbar, how he died? Yeah, actually, I think Lucino wrote it, but Delery said the book is already, already too big. We, we will just mention it. That's yeah, it. too bad. I think I, I don't think Lucino would have done something like that to Agbar. We'll find out. Yeah, and and Walter John William uh, said at some point that he, he wrote Agbar to 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 be dead in Destiny's Week, but Delry said no. Why? Who knows? 
They, they, like, they wouldn't have kept him alive for nothing. Yeah. You know, well... It would have so been cool if he had died at EVAC 9. So thanks for those who send us an email. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for handing me that over. We're now going to go to a short musical break, and we're going to be coming back uh, with an interview. Well, we're not going to be coming back, because uh, we're going to shoot you right after this musical break. A uh, nice little uh, secondary subject, which was the interview with Peter Mayhew. That we will be coming back just to introduce... Okay, just to introduce the thing. Yeah. So, we're going to be listening to Breed from Michelle Branch, and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Hi, my name is Peter Mayhew. I play Chewbacca on Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. Isn't he great? <laughs> um, we're back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, and we're now going to be listening to an interview I did myself with uh, Mr. Peter Mayhew at SFX two weeks ago. I'd like to point out something. Yes, I did a very mistake, a very bad mistake, because interviewing Peter was really overwhelming. I mean, I'm five five, he's seven three. <laughs> it's pretty impressive, right there. <laughs> But um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, no, but basically it's just that I, at one point I mentioned the fact that him and Ian McDermott are about the only one who came back to play their roles in mm-hmm. the prelogy, in the in the prequels. But it's not true because Anthony Daniels, our yeah. best as a friend, and uh, Kenny Baker also did came back. So he ca- did he shoot in the scene? I thought he didn't. He shot in episode one, at least. But he, sh- but did he? Sh- he shot episode two too, but I don't think he's he shot anything for episode three yet. I don't know. That's that's <laughs> what I heard. In any case, we're going to be listening to Peter Mayo's interview at 23 minutes long, and we'll be coming right back with... Uh, no, there will be a, a, musical a song, a, a musical break right after. The, right after. That's right. Okay. So here we go. Uh, how do you like the convention so far? How do you enjoy the town of Montreal? It's wonderful to see all these fans who are enthusiastic up here in Montreal. If only the weather was just as warm as the fans, it would be wonderful. <laughs> we'll work on it for the next time you come here. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to go with a couple of questions for the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm going to ask you, how did you get the role of Chewbacca in the first place? I was in the right place at the right time. I'd done a previous movie, which was Sinbad and the Eye of Tiger, which I played the Minotaur, and people moved from movie to movie. Therefore, two makeup guys were talking. They were looking for an actor or someone to play a big hairy creature at the time my name was suggested I went up and saw George saw the drawings on the, on the on his wall and within 20 minutes of being introduced to him the deal was done and Chewie was mine so <laughs> it, it worked out very very nicely well that's good for you uh, of course Chewbacca is mainly a role that is played in a suit uh, some people don't give credits to the actors who actually play suits role as we True. call them uh, most of them don't understand what it's like to actually wear something as heavy and as hot as a suit of a hairy Wookiee yep. how, how was it? how was your experience? Um, it was new to me therefore you accept these things as part of being a suited actor and therefore it you you have these experiences 
and when you look around at some of the other actors that were in say the cantina scene you think you are fairly normal but <laughs> you know with, yes. with, with a with a hairy suit on, but you look at some of the other characters that have got green heads uh, latex heads on top of their own and stuff like this I thought mine was pretty normal to be able to to bear with to bear with to <laughs> bear with or to or I didn't feel a dog uh, but you know it was one of those things that the costume you got you you know I was in on the beginning of it so I knew what I was getting into and it worked out wonderfully well that's great how much did the costume weight by itself uh, probably, I'd say 15, 20 pounds. 15, 20 pounds? It's so not that heavy. It's just a little bit awkward. Depending on where you are filming, studio work wasn't bad. But when we went up to Norway to do the host scenes, yes. that made everything worthwhile because it was about minus 25 out there. And you were the only one comfortable. And I was the only one that was warm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it makes a big difference. That's great. Uh, you just spoke of uh, Norway for scenes on Hot. Would you have liked to uh, film any scenes on, on uh, Kashyyyk in the, in the old trilogy? I would have loved to have done, but, you know, n when you think these sets are so expensive to build... And it, that I think is one of the reasons why they went to the Ewok planet rather than the Wookiee planet because it, it was cheaper and easier to do. Yes. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe in the new movie you'll see something of the, of the home planet of Chewie. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll talk about we'll that see. a little we'll later. We'll talk about it later. Actually, yeah. well. Why not talk about it now, since okay. we're introducing the subject? Um, you're going to be in Star Wars Episode 3, StarWars.com, as confirmed it. Yep. Uh, we will see Chewbacca again, yep. to the joys of many fans. Uh, one of our fans actually sent us a question, which makes a tons of sense, but I'm going to ask it just a little bit later in the show. Okay. Uh, how did you actually, like, got a call from George, who said, well, we're bringing back Chewbacca, and you're going you're gonna to play. Well, how, how did it all happen? Yeah. I was at home we have come back or been away, been away doing a lot of conventions and we just came back I think I've been home about three days um, this would be March, April of this year ok um, there was a phone call and I picked it up hello hi this, I've got Rick McKellen on the line for you hang on is this Peter Mayhew I said yes so Rick came on. He said, "Hi, Peter. Oh, you know, the time has come. Would you, I'm just doing planning things. Would you be available? And would you like to do the character of Julie again?" So I said, "Yes." When do we leave? <laughs> so he said, "Oh, this is just this is just a uh, preparatory thing because we're going to make you a new costume." and we want you down for costume fittings on set I said well I'm available let's, let's work things out he said no nope, not a problem I'll phone you back the day after 
with all the flight arrangements and everything else and I thought yes we've, we've done it now they made the offer and Chewie is going to come back all into right. life which <laughs> is wonderful so you went to Australia went to Australia you did all the costume did all the costume work and then they said oh you'll have to come back because we want to do final costume fittings and a little bit of publicity which we went down and did and in the meantime we had arranged a series of conventions in Australia and New Zealand and as being uh the um, thing was that we couldn't, until it was c confirmed about the dates, we, we thought maybe we can do the two jobs in one, but we didn't, so we had to take another trip hard down to Australia and New Zealand for another five weeks, so we spent quite a time down there. I think I'm going to apply for apply for uh, Australian citizenship down there, <laughs> so much time down there. So, but we had a wonderful time, and it was wonderful to be able to go back into the studios, meet all the people that were working on it, and be accepted. The, there was a buzz around the studios. Oh, not Peter's back, Chewie's back. Oh, that's so great. So it made a big, you know, it was a wonderful reaction. Well, we, we saw from the hyperspace uh, webcams that there are going to be some other Wookiees yes. involved in the movie. Yep. Yep. Uh, of but course, you can't tell us anything about episode 3, sadly no, enough. No, but uh, I think the, Wookie, the Wookiees are going to be different to Chewbacca. Oh, really? Because they are different, all different sizes and shapes. Oh, this is going to make it really it, interesting. Yes, it will, it will be wonderful to be able to look around and see all the different Wookiees, yes. different sizes. Other than Chewie's coming back, yeah. how was the atmosphere around the... Uh, how was the vibe around the studios? The, there was a pretty good vibe. Um, Ewan, would come, Ewan came up, introduced himself and said, Hi, it's nice to, nice to have you... Uh, Hopefully we've got some scenes, but you, we, you know, at th that stage nobody knew what, what the story, what my connection with the story was. So, but even Natalie and Hayden were came up, and it was nice to be able to be almost not quite a grandfather, but to be a, a senior person there. <laughs> it was lovely. Um. Sets of, set of episode 3 story of episode 3 uh, there's a lot of rumors going around I cannot ask you definite questions so I'm just going to go ahead and ask you uh, is the role of Chewie in episode 3 will be relevant to the rest of the Star well, Wars trilogy it won't be a cameo oh that's great it won't <laughs> be a cameo great during all the times you filmed with George Lucas yeah. uh, what's the funniest thing that actually happened on the set good, or good um, I I don't know I can't you know it being such a long time time ago there were so many not involving George but there were so many pranks that were played on various people that I you know my memory I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to even attempt to go way, way back. We'll have. You'll have to wait till the bloopers come out. 
<laughs> okay. And I don't know when that will be. We hope there's going to be some bloopers one day. There should be. Uh, what could you tell us about the best thing and the worst thing of working with George Lucas? Best thing, George is very tolerant. Um, I don't, don't think there is a, be- a worse thing. You know, George, you know, George is a very clever person because he is the only one that's got the story in his mind. But he he does know how to respond and talk to people to pass what he wants out of his brain and into his voice. Therefore, he talk to you. So I want this, this, and this, and you do it. You have a friend for life. Great. Uh, going back to 1977, uh, did you actually saw the first? Uh, showing of Star Wars. Yes, I was in. It was a crew show, which is a, a show that is before it comes out just before the premiere. Okay. For the guys that have worked on it, mm-hmm. and we were up in London and saw the opening sh- uh, shot of the big Carillion ships. Yes. And that I was impressed with. And then suddenly you have the sand dunes and all of the C-3PO and R2, uh, R2, Mark. I just wondered, because it was about 15 minutes before Chewie actually appeared, I wondered what, what I was doing and how, where I would come in. But when you see yourself on the screen, it really makes a difference because you can remember what you were thinking looking into that camera doing the actions okay it's wonderful it was a wonderful experience <laughs> so you liked it and did you like the reaction of the crowd yes, in general the, yes. the reaction of the crowd was well yes to <laughs> ease there because um, it had been released in, in America before, uh, before it had been released over in England so and all the crew were more or less on my side. You know, Chewie was a good guy, so yes, yes. He, he got the traditional yell from the, from the audience. It was a, it was great. All right. Uh, do you actually read some Star Wars novels? No, I don't. Or comics? Some of the comics I will look through, but my good lady reads everything Star Wars that you can imagine. Really? From, yeah, from not the comics, but the hardback books. Oh, that's cool. So I get told what's going on, even though it's not relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. she, she, She reads everything. And she'll talk to me, oh, this is happening in this book, and this book, and this book is relevant to this. Did, so did you enjoy the Chewbacca comic? Yes, yes. It was, I thought it was uh, a, a good comic, and it was nice that I got to do the narration in the front of it, in, in, uh, in the comp- uh, composite. Uh, stories and it, you know it was it was it was nice it was an interesting comic. Okay, uh, of course, latest series New Jedi Order just finished uh, last week. Yep. Uh, we're already halfway through the reading of our uh, of our book. <laughs> and uh, how did you react when your lady came to you and she said, 
your dad. <laughs> Actually, she was as surprised as I was because we were we just come home from Germany, and I was living in England. Um, we'd gone over there to sort my house out before before I moved to the States, and I got a phone call from one of her family asking whether I was alright because the reports some DJ on a radio station had he'd heard that the, the book had come out and he'd read the headlines Peter Mayhew is dead oops <laughs> instead of Chewy yes so that was flashed across the across the across the radio waves and are you alright yeah sure why? Oh, people have heard on the radio that Peter Mayhew was dead. No. But Rumor of your I death has been greatly I exaggerated. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I got a phone call from Steve Sanswick about a week, ten days before. Okay. Knowing that, saying that this book was coming out and Chewie dies of it. Oh. So, but he, sa he said one thing about it. When Darth Vader died, in, on a comparison note, when Darth Vader died, he, got, he became more popular. And Chewie, hopefully, will do the same thing. And it's working out that <laughs> way. So, How did you thought, like, in order to kill the super Chewie, you have to actually crash a moon on his head? <laughs> How was your, your reaction to the scene of the, the death? Until I read... That was one of the books that I actually read. <laughs> um, you know, when you, when you hear that, oh, he's, he's, they've crashed the moon on him, blah, blah. I think, oh, you know, he's tough. He's, he's been through hell and high water. And therefore, it's got to be something like that, pretty big to, <laughs> to kill someone. And when you work it out... There was out of the main group that r remains. There, Chewie is the only one logically that you can kill off. Yes. Because you've got to have, you've got to have a hero, which is Luke. You've got to have the romance, which is Leah and Han. Three PO and R two go right the way through. So Chewie's the obvious choice. Unfortunately, but we were. Assume we were told that it didn't affect any of the current movies because Jedi, um, yeah. well, the book is set 25 years after Jedi. So, okay, fine. I went. We went to Dragon Con. Uh, no celebration last year and the author was there and he wanted yes. to he, he called me over and he said I want to make amends for this <laughs> went over to his booth and he handed me a personalised copy of his book and all it's got in the, in the front of it is sorry mate <laughs> so and signed so you know things are things are getting better to you know, now we're the best of friends. So great! You know, it's, it's nice that we can 
we can do things like this. Yeah. And the fans love it. You know, the fans love it. And so it's, it's great. Well, that all the fans loved the of Chewbacca, but no, now, now they're getting around to it. Now they're getting around to it. They know that um, they'll see him one last time in episode three, so that will make a lot of fans very, very happy. Yes, I think so. You were just talking about the Star Wars celebration in Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, how did you like uh, going to the celebration? What was, was your best memories? It was, one, it was wonderful. Uh, the thing was that all the guys were in uniform. There were a lot of stormtroopers. Uh, we just had a great time. And the mere fact that there was a lot more fans than were estimated it did cause a little bit of problems but it's like any convention you live and you learn by your mistakes so exactly. hopefully if they plan anything else they will look at their past uh, conventions and plan it as well uh, take into consideration the amount of interest and fandom that there are going to be so hopefully they can make bigger areas for more fans yes we, I, sh I certainly hope so I do too because um, it will make, make things not only easier for the actors that are going there it will make it a lot easier for the fans to get around they will be able to get their autographs a lot quicker and easier the more space you have Yes, did you did you enjoy the fact that the the Star Wars Celebration Two took place in Indianapolis? Yes, it was it was a city that I had never been to, so it was it, you know going to strange cities, you learn things. It would even if it's only the route from the airport to the hotel to the convention center. Yes, and every you know everybody wants to when we go to a, a strange city. There's always a 501st stormtrooper there, so it makes it l makes a big difference if you've got a local guide. To and every most cities are famous for something, even if you don't learn what you what you what it is until the day you leave, you can go away with that knowledge. That <laughs> certain cities produce certain things, other cities produce other things. Then we'll have to uh, bring you something tomorrow about what is Montreal famous for. Montreal, I don't know. <laughs> I'll br we'll, we'll make you the surprise we'll yeah, okay. uh, on the last day of SFX. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Now we're going to go to the fan question I was talking about earlier. Yep. And I think you're going to have a great joy answering that question. How did you feel being given the opportunity of kind sort of resurrecting Chewbacca? It's been one of those wonderful feelings that I've known about or had a thought about for a number of years. And to actually come back and go into costume and feel the same way that I felt when when I started it all those years ago the character hasn't changed the costumes changed slightly but that character is still there and it's a strange feeling when I put them out I get I get into costume and I could be talking to you like normal I put the mask on Chewie comes alive you go out you do your bits on blue screen or whatever it is you come back you take the mask off 
you go back to Peter. It's a weird feeling, and it's happened on every movie. Oh, really? It's a crazy thing. It even happened on when Chewie got the MTV award in 1997. Um, I hadn't worn the costume for 14 years, and put it on and got that feeling that Chewie is alive again. <laughs> Took it off, and I was back to normal. So it's a wonderfully, you know. And how many also? How many actors can do a can are capable of doing a character, then having a 25-year rest from it? Yes. And still come back to do that particular character again. I think that in the Star Wars universe, at least, your you and Ian McDiarmid are the only one. Yes. Uh, that I, that that all came back. And that is that is part of the that is what the wonderful part of doing this and uh, you know people say has Chewie has playing Chewie affected your life of course yes it has yes you know I wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't have played Chewie I wouldn't have been able to meet and done half the things that I have done in the, in, in the past so it's going to it's a wonderful feeling and it's something that has gone down in the annals of sci-fi forever well there you go that's wonderful thank you very much for being with us okay and uh, we hope to see you again here in Montreal this is your second time around we yep. hope you'll come back for uh, Exarchon 2007 <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time away but we'll, we'll think about it of course okay and uh, have a nice day tomorrow uh, there's your big uh, Q&A yep. we'll be there for that too okay great thank you
Help. Oh! Cyclan.net, c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. Hi, I'm C-3PO, Human Cyborg Relations, and this is my counterpart, Arthur Dito. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. I hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, Peter Mayhew that happened at Has Effects two weeks ago. Uh, now we're online with our friend Wookie Mart. <laughs> Hi, folks. Hey. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, very briefly of uh, the new things that uh, just came up with Star Wars Galaxies. And yep. uh, I just want to say for uh, our friends out there that what the music we just came back to was Nikotina, She's All That... By Big Sugar. It's a Canadian band. That's right. We do come up with some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, uh, <coughs> Wookie Mart, uh, there was the Jedi. The first Jedi came out. Yes, yes. Uh, I think it was November 13th. Yeah. Uh, there was a huge uh, update, uh, what they call a free update, uh, that was downloaded automatically when, whenever you logged on. And uh, it coincides, uh, the Jedi came out at about that period, so it coincided pretty well with the big update. So I don't know if it was planned by the developers of the Star Wars Galaxies or if it came out as a fluke, but it really had a really nice impact and came out uh, like both, uh, both big things came out pretty simultaneously, so that was pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, the Jedi are available, yes, and uh, they are uh, basically the requirements to unlock the famous Force-sensitive uh, Force slot that every account has available to it, uh, had been talked about ever since the game came out and even before. Uh, speculation was pretty rampant. Uh, the clue is that you have to become master of six, I think it's six professions. Six different, uh, I don't know if they have to be different professions, but there's a sequence to them. So you have to become, let's say, a master pistolier, then you have to become a master doctor, and so on and so forth. Uh, and now there are two ways to do that, either by tr uh, complete fluke, or uh, simply by uh, consulting Jedi holocrons, which are found not very easily in the environment. <laughs> uh uh, I think we will send the skill The tree. link is already uh, up on the website. Okay. Okay, so the, basically the link that's on the uh, the website or the chat, on the chat is right. a link to uh, the skill tree for the Jedi. Now, the way it works for the Jedi is uh, a little bit different than the, uh, the other character classes. You won't be able to multi-class a Jedi with anything else because when you become... <coughs> sorry. When you become... A Jedi Initiate, basically it requires your complete 250 skill points, which you would normally use towards multi-classing your other normal characters. 
becoming a Jedi initiate, you spend those 250 skill points. Okay. Then you can just do whatever you want because the other skills won't require any any points. Okay. Uh, now the problem is, uh, it requires a ridiculous amount of XP to get any level <laughs> <laughs> to become a Jedi. And to be honest, you I don't know if you start out as vulnerable as any other beginning character does, but if it is, if that's the case, you're in for a rough ride. <laughs> Everybody's after you. Uh, well, actually, if you play it right, you won't have too much of a trouble because we obviously are set in a time where the Jedi have been hunted down and are not really tolerated by the Empire. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, the Emperor Palpatine knows to keep the Jedi at a low count in order to avoid any retaliations. Yeah. Uh, therefore, uh, whenever a Jedi is encountered, uh, the game actually dispatches a, a system message. And the message went uh, something like, uh, Lord Vader has encountered a vergence in the Force, and uh, our regional Imperial Governor requests of you citizens to uh, please report any unusual happenings or any person displaying unusual abilities, please report them. And then another message came in that said, uh, we encourage uh, Imperial citizens to actively hunt down this enemy of the Empire. So it's like, wow. <laughs> we better, uh, anyone who's a Jedi out there might want to, you know, keep quiet about it for a while until they get good and ready. <laughs> and how many Jedi there are uh, right now? Right now, uh, well, right now I don't know, but about a week ago, there were about a hundred recorded Jedi. So that's, uh, it sounds like a lot, but when you, th but when you think that there are close to 275,000 registered players, The ratio sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, now also uh, new on the uh, the new patch uh, was the politician uh, profession and the city play uh, ah. the player cities. Yep. That was the uh, that's the part that was actually planned from the developers. Uh, they came out with the the city player the player cities and the politician. Uh, profession actually comes parallel to that because you have to be a politician to actually sanction a city. Okay. So no politician, no city, and vice versa. You know, it's uh, something like a, a symbiosis, if you'd like. Yeah. And uh, now the politician. Now, um, for those who don't really like, now me, I have a personal problem with that because I play Star Wars Galaxies to get away from real life, and when I hear words like politics and tax and stuff like that. <laughs> It kind of throws me off a bit, <laughs> but still, it sounds very interesting. Uh, I like I I am being uh, I have become a citizen of the city, mm -hmm. and it's very fun. Cities do have advantages. Uh, they you get your own cantina, and uh, like a cantina in a player city will be more perf will be more efficient than the cantina in a game city. Okay. Let's say, and uh, the med center as well, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. The plus. Uh, the mayor can decide to specialize his city in one direction or another. If you look at your population and you see that you have many artisans within your city, then you might want to up the uh, extraction rate on uh, surveying and stuff like that, and crafting could be better in your city and everything like that. So you can actually give a tone or a theme to your city. It okay. can be a mercantile city or it can be a medical city you know, or a university city, something like that. You know. yeah. Much like in real life. Yeah, but uh, you were saying that you you thought there was some uh, a movement uh, <laughs> from the players out of the the game cities. Yes. 
uh, uh, to the that, player cities. I, I was dreading a little bit uh, the, the player city uh, add-on because I was fe I feared that it might thin out the population within every other city, mm -hmm. uh, and that's quite the fact. Uh, there, what I feel in the long term will happen is that player some player cities will become ghost towns. Okay. Because people are just playing around with them and then they're not really serious about it. Mm -hmm. Any group or a mayor who is serious about his city will, you know, get involved in trying to get bring interest to his city and have it thr thrive and flourish. Mm -hmm. And I hope that happens because otherwise, you know, we'll just have, everybody will move back into the uh, game cities and yeah. that will be a, a dead aspect of the game. And you were saying to us that each month there were uh, elections uh, actually the elect it's a weekly thing weekly the elections oh. in a city uh, if the mayor uh, that is there isn't satisfying the citizens and somebody else um, presents his uh, his uh, candidature uh, for the mayorship mm -hmm. uh, then there's a mechanic for elections and you can elect the new mayor and stuff like that <laughs> so that's another aspect that throws me off a little you know I don't want to have flyers at my doorstep You said it was the same thing for uh, to grow your city. You have to have an amount of population. Obviously, you and know, there was a lot of promotion. Yeah. Means more uh, abil better abilities to have a bigger city. Uh, now the cities are basically all villages. They c they start out as outposts. They upgrade the villages and then to townships, <laughs> and after that they become true cities. Okay. And only on the city level do they get stuff like. Uh, which is the uh, the beast mounts yeah creature mounts creature mounts that was uh, well I just mentioned that there's a lot of running around the creatures help a lot for that because they move a little bit faster they move uh, their basic movement rate is about the equivalent of what we used to get when we were running as characters okay so uh, you start from a better point mm -hmm. and you can move faster as well okay so that's that's helpful and uh, I think on that note creature you're uh, you're not very performant in combat okay. so they made it so it's good for transport but they've pulled you back a bit on the uh, efficiency you can't pull any special moves and stuff like that mm -hmm. so that's a little frustrating but it's it's sort of a good trade-off for better moves <laughs> okay. now in mid-december if all the testing i think it's in the testing center right now the speeders are coming in okay. the repulsor list speeders there'll be three types there'll be the x34 x34 yeah which is pretty much the same thing that luke was uh, driving around on tatooine yeah. as a kid and then you will have the swoops which are uh, you see anakin driving one around in uh, attack of the clones yeah when he's hunting uh, he's looking for his mother yeah <laughs> excuse me and he and you 
you also have the uh, speeder bikes, the Imperial speeder bikes mm -hmm. that you see in Return of the Jedi. Now, uh, the speeder bikes will be the fastest, yeah. and the X-34 will be the slowest, but even the slowest will be considerably faster than creature mounts. Okay. So that's a good thing. And uh, the toughness of the vehicle will be indirectly proportionate to the speed. So the yeah. faster means weaker, and... Uh, slower means mm -hmm. uh, more tough. You know, uh, it'll do be able to withstand uh, uh, a little bit more of a beating. Do we know how much uh, uh, a speeder will cost? I have no clue right now. That's probably what they're working out and testing right now. Okay. However, the cool thing uh, that I've read is that uh, the vehicles, you will have uh, very natural control on the speed and manipulation of the vehicle. Okay. So that means we're going to have racing. <laughs> yeah, the Buntaiv will... Oh yeah, Buntaiv right will be alive and well. And <laughs> you, can bet your, you can bet your sword, there, there's gonna, your light sword, there's going to be some uh, pretty nice uh, organized races and player yeah. events out there. A lot of gambling and... <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be gambling, for sure. There's already gambling in the hotels. I mean, you can play roulette. And I haven't seen any Sabbat games, and I'm sort of sad. I hope they're working on that. That's cool. <laughs> I, can get, I can win myself a good starship with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, we received a, a question by email, so Sebastian will That's right. ask sure. it. Uh, it. It came from Eric and Samira. Uh, I play Galaxy regularly as a smuggler pistolier, hmm. and I have seen people, and personally I have been rocked myself, by Imperial ATSTs. Yeah. What weapons besides creatures can a normal player use against those rebel wipers? Uh... Actually, the, I like the rebel wipers. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're they're they they are kind of hard to beat. But uh, the the Terrascassi are very very good. Uh, Master Terrascassi will be able to actually knock down an ATSD. Are you serious? Yeah, it's kind of off scale a little. Yeah. Uh, actually, the Terrascassi is pretty much the skill that is the craziest right now. Okay. Because they, the, I'm sorry, the the they can hit something at 23 meters. And, I mean, what kind of a reach is that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the term nerf comes to mind when the Terrascassi are concerned. Mm -hmm. But um, they're the they're a good answer to the. I think the developers made them that way because first of all, there aren't that many Terrascassi players. Mm -hmm. Although with those new abilities, a lot of people are switching. You know, uh, the other thing that's very good are commandos. Commandos with rocket launchers and uh, particle <laughs> weapons are very good, uh, very efficient against. ATSTs and any weapon with armor piercing. Yeah. Uh, the carbines are pretty good because they have medium armor piercing. The problem with a pistolier smuggler is uh, you're going to need friends, basically, is what yeah. you're going to need. You, you can't go after an ATST alone. Uh, basically, when I see an ATST, I have two options. It's read the credits or watch the cutscene. Is <laughs> 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 the, the term we use. <laughs> so, so you're not you're not part of the KNT clan. I uh, I can understand. The what? The KNT clan, the Kamikaze Newbie Turrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yes, the ATSTs are hard to beat down. However, if it's any consolation, whenever an ATST is put down, uh, Imperials have to purchase them with their faction points. Because once their ATSD is down, they have to purchase a new one. Okay. So they have to work up their, I don't know, I think it's a lot of faction points to buy an ATSD. I don't know the real price, but I'll risk a guess at 20,000 points. I don't know. 
Okay. Very hard to gather up uh, faction points. Good. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Martin. Uh, no problem. So we see I you uh, when the next expansion come out, or maybe uh, earlier. Well, in mid-December, I'll let you know about the vehicles. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Take care, guys. Well, that was fun. And we cut it short because we're out of time. (laughs) Uh, We're tired. We are going to go to another musical break, though. Uh, We're going to be listening to, no doubt, It's My Life. And we'll be right back with the community update right after this.
Hi, this is Mike Gallo, the producer for Star Wars Night Sail Republic for LucasArts. And this is Star Wars on Direct. Welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. My friend, you have to tap me on the shoulder when we come back on the air. <laughs> but that was a pretty nice comeback anyway. Yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed the show very much today. We're now going to go into the community update, starting by the conventions that will be happening all around the United States of America. Dark Xmas convention in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, from December 5th to 7th. Star Wars is Christmas. Yes, I know. Still, I say Xmas because it's cool. And I'm Canadian, so I can do it. <laughs> But nobody uh, understands. Christmas guest. Okay, fine. Star Wars guest will include uh, Mike Quinn as uh, Ninam and Michael Shear, uh, I guess, in his tour of the U.S. <laughs> North America. <coughs> okay, then, fine. If you don't want to count us as the 51st star on the, <laughs> on the American flag. No. Definitely not. Okay, Canada. We're bigger. We're on top. If this were prison, they would be bitch. Jackon oh, will be coming in Anaheim, man. California from December 11th to 14th, 2003. Star Wars guest will be the young Daniel Logan, who played the young Boba Fett. Dragon Meat in London, United Kingdom, December 13th, 2003. With none other our best friend, and Tony Daniels as uh, the major guest of the convention. C-Troopio, that's right. JediCon 9 will be happening on December 14th in Basildon, Essex. Star Wars guests include Ray Park, Michael Sherd, Tom Weldon, Stephen Calcutt, Dim Drim, Sean Crawford, Han Jensen Hand, Richard Chasemore, who were the co-illustrator for Dorlin Kindersley's Star Wars Incredible Cross-Sections. Uh, the convention uh, JediCon 9 will be happening uh, Sunday from 11 to 4 for advanced ticket holders and from 11.30 to 4 for ticket at the door. You can visit the scifishows.com slash JediCon website for more information. And that's about it. After that, we fall on March, so I guess... It's far away. <laughs> it's really far away. Maybe uh, uh, telling about our... Here in Montreal, yeah. we have the... Uh, Uh, annual uh, Montreal Science Fiction and Fantasy Association uh, Christmas party coming next weekend. Uh, the server will be at Legends around 5. So that's at the old <coughs> the old forums, that's right. And uh, we'll be ast after that going to uh, some place to have more fun. So you can always go to uh, the fanforce.net slash Montreal or fanforce.net fanforce boards, visit the Montreal boards, and all the information are there. Uh, of course, we have the Sitlan annual New Year's Supper that will be coming up in uh, January 1st, uh, Saturday of January. And more details. That's the 4th? The, the third, third or the fourth? Third is the first Saturday. We're doing this the same day that Clone Wars are coming out on, on uh, TV in Teletoon here in Canada. We will miss it, probably. Yeah, we've, we've all them. seen it. We've <laughs> seen it. <laughs> in any case, um, of course, it's happening here, but it's also happening in France. And uh, for more details about that, you can go to www.sithclan.net. Uh, also it's a French website so That's yeah. right Also coming up uh, Here in Montreal But we'll if you want to meet us 
Yes. We will be there. That's and it. most of the people are bi- bilingual also. Yeah. And also coming up is the Setland.net uh, fifth birthday. Congratulations! Fifth anniversary. Your son yep. is now five. Yep. <laughs> so this is going to be extremely great. It's in February. For more details, you can visit the same forums from Setland.net. Well, I'm going to do this all. Oh, actually, I want to say that two weeks ago there was SFX, and the convention was uh, successful with 3,000 attendees, uh, with uh, guests just like uh, Garan and uh, Peter May, who has uh, Chewbacca, who were there, and it was really fun. And now, we're going to go to our usual wanted, uh, wanted, 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 crayon back in your mouth. Wanted. <laughs> uh, we are looking for men or a woman with good communication skills who are doing the major convention circuit in the US, Dragon Con, Gen Con, Comic Con, Wizard World, etc. This Star Wars undirect correspondent would record interviews for our show with Star Wars personalities and fans. This person will have the equipment and software to record the, and edit audio file to be sent to us. You think you can help us? Send us an email at studio at swendirect.com with the title SWD Correspondent in it. We have already Adam <laughs> One, which is one of our... That's right, Adam One who just joined us in the chat. He totally forgot. He, we had a show tonight, but it's okay. You'll get on the, the downloads, on yep. I guess, on Tuesday. Can we announce that? Hopefully, on yeah. Tuesday. Depends. Best That's case right. scenario. Best case scenario on Tuesday. Worst case scenario in two years from now. <laughs> No, would be never best. Yeah. Worst case scenario. <laughs> Worst case, Raven uh, made a mistake and nothing is recorded. Oh boy! Yeah, that would be the worst case. Run, scenario. boy! Okay. Run. <laughs> no, but it it, it did happen. It did happen uh, uh, during our longest show on Star Wars Galaxy, the five and a half hour show. We lost but it didn't run out. Yeah, we, we lost the forty-first minutes of the show. Because I didn't press record. That was his fault. <laughs> That's your fault. But it's yeah. okay because it wasn't that much of a big 40 minutes anyway. But we want to say that our next show will be on December 14th. And it will be on the Clone Wars animated series episode 1 to 10, which is the first season of the micro series. And uh, we'll most definitely be talking spoilers and spoilers about this. So if you hit, haven't had a chance, we're telling you, find a way to go see them. <laughs> find a way. There's, right. there's not a lot of spoiler to tell no, no, besides maybe well, one character. But for the series, we're, we're basically talking about okay. the series itself. But just the first ten episodes. The first ten episodes, that's all. That's, yep. that's right. That's our number one show on film. And we don't want to promise anything, but if we're lucky, we're going to have a very special surprise for you on that same show. Yeah. If you have any I'm comments, now. <laughs> if you have any comments on the show that you would like to uh, tell us, or if you'd like to make any suggestion for upcoming subjects, Please feel free to send an email to studio at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. If you have a little website, please put up a link to there to our website. That will be really cool. And uh, we'll see what we can do to plug yours. Uh, <laughs> if you have a website, uh, you will be mentioned at the end of the show. If, if you post our each of our show. Uh, in the news section, in the news section of your website, you will have a banner in the partner page of uh, of uh, swendirect.com. Plus, we will mention you at the end of each. That's right. So we would like now to thanks very much our sponsors, Sitland.net, Legends Action Figures, Simple.net.ca, Simple Dash Net, 
simple-net.ca, which is our host for these wonderful shows, and they help us bring out the voice of the fandom to you. And uh, we, all, we, of course, would like to, talk our, to thank our, par- our partners, TheForce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars, and StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio, on StarWarsWithAZ.com. I'm Will Mitez, saying see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, Bye. the voice Bye. of Bye. Star Wars fandom. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swondirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Citlan.net, c'est les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe, et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net. Hi, I'm Sean Williams. And I'm Shane Dix. And we're the authors of the new Jedi Order trilogy, Force Heretic. You're listening to Star Wars on direct. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while.